Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 1317, air date September 13th, everyone to what will be a fantastic discussion i'm sure and just before we went live dr shiva asked me a question so i just want to answer him real quick he got cut off uh we clicked go live so i i'm based out of texas that's where i am um but yeah uh thank you for being here this this is an honor to talk with you this is my first time talking to a bona fide presidential candidate um I have a lot of thoughts on politics, as does everyone, but mine are typically outside of the accepted Overton window of political discourse. And uh, yeah, this is going to be an awesome conversation because based on what I've seen, a lot of the uh, a lot of the stuff that you profess and, and stand for, I am in alignment with. Ironically, at the same time, I have taken the stance that unless a presidential candidate is willing to do a lot of things that essentially render his so-called authority completely gone, I am personally unwilling to ever vote. And that's leaning more towards a voluntarist position that questions the the premise of government itself. But with all that being said, Dr. Shiva, thank you for joining me. Great to be here, Alex. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. I'm doing really good. This is my first like set, like new setup with this new studio space, uh-huh. so I'm uh, really looking forward to this um, as the first one. So let's let's just have you give a, a brief background on where you're coming from, where you've been, and why you're running for president. Sure. So Alec, you may see a little uh, poster behind me. You know, in this room, I used to run many many classes um, in a field I created called Systems Health. And you can see a guy sitting on a yoga mat and you also see Da Vinci saying, I can, I can sort of pan in the back. Um, it's an important uh, drawing as best as I can do here um, because we have to go this way. I don't know if you can see it, right? Yeah. But you can see glimpses of it, right? Yeah. Uh, you see the DNA symbol, but you see East and West on it, all right? The reason mm-hmm. I wanted to bring that up um, is for a couple of reasons. You know, um, most of the uh, people who run for office, let's say, right? many of the things that they say are not based on any of their personal experiences. It's based on someone giving them a set of messaging points to read. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, Some high paid uh, consultant literally goes and buys data, let's say from a company called Palantir, which is owned by Peter Thiel, uh, or some data company like IRI, and they gather tons of data. And then they go to these candidates and they say, okay, you're on the left, you need to have these talking points. And if yeah. you want to be a little more radical, then speak this. And, um, and that's how they do it, right? Now, the issue is about uh, 30% of the people will always buy this. 50% are sort of ping-ponging. They're not sure. 
And 20% know these guys are full of shit, you say? But if you look uh, at the most insidious part of this process, or what I call the not so obvious establishment, Alec, and we'll come back to this. These are these people who, if you look at their actual lives, how they've actually lived their lives, they have nothing to do with anything that they say. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even anything that they say, they have no experience about anything that they're talking about. And um, everyday people actually have to live our everyday lives. And they naively think that these people are telling the truth, that they've actually gone through your same journey and they haven't. And this is why it is really us versus them at a very fundamental level. Mm-hmm. And the them we're talking about is about 0.00001%, you know? You know, on a good day, maybe about 80,000 people, all right? Or 10,000 people. Yeah. Um, and this is the concept that you've talked about before, the swarm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So what I did in the swarm. Describe how that works, the swarm. Yeah. So what I did in the swarm video was um, people sometimes in a very reductionist way to say, oh, um, they just focus on the element of who's running everything, you say, which is only one part of the nine aspects of, of a system, the controller, we call it. And within that, then they get very, very reductionist and they just focus on, oh, it's the Jews or it's the Rothschilds or it's um, the WEF or it's the corporations, right? Or it's the lawyers and you can keep going on, right? Or it's this country, et cetera. And the reality is that when you step back and you really have an opportunity to understand what how systems operate, and a lot of that knowledge really didn't come about from a scientific perspective until really the 1920s to the 1950s. The science of systems really didn't exist prior to that. Um, so many of the political concepts, be it anarcho-syndicalism, right? Or you can go to concepts of Marxism-Leninism or a classic liberalism. All of these concepts were philosophical concepts. None of them are actually grounded in any type of material engineering science. You say they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're essentially come from someone's idea, a thought form in their head, and they may be true and they may not be true. So when you step back and you look at this, you find out that when you start applying system science, there's sort of, you know, nine principles and every engineer studies this at some form or the other of every system in the universe. And one of the uh, nine principles of an intelligent system is called a controller. The thing that makes decisions to move that system in the direction the system wants to go, which is called a goal. It's another principle. Um, your thermostat does this right now in your room. Yep. You set it at 68 degrees. It will make adjustments, right, to the inputs, you know, and to the how much fuel is going into your, uh, you know, uh, air conditioner or whatever, right, to keep you at a certain temperature. Right. So that's, you know, real quick. So I just to give you some context, I majored in systems engineering at the United States Military Academy. OK, so, so you know like this right up my alley. Yeah. But but this is great because, you know, I've, I've often spoke on how that informs my processes and, and how I think about what's going on in the world, because when you understand that. So systems engineering, the, the premise um, of it essentially is that you have a baseline understanding of multiple facets of engineering to form an optimal solution. And you're looking at how all these components and parts can come together, some of them seemingly unrelated, to form an optimal solution. So when we apply that to what's going on in the world, there's all these things happening. There's all these various subsets and factions of, um, you know, dare I say, nefarious people that are working to do certain things. And many of them seem to be unrelated, but there is 
likely in many cases some relation between them. Yeah, and so so systems engineering is a little bit different, right, than engineering systems. Uh-huh. Okay, so engineering systems is a development that occurred about 15 years ago. It's about starting to look at large-scale systems. Um, systems engineering um, is, is actually a little bit different. It's a different field, actually. Engineering systems is you take the healthcare system, you take mm-hmm. the transportation system. It was a recognition about 15 years ago that said, look, we have silos of knowledge, civil engineering, electrical engineering, mechanical engineering. And within those, you could have systems engineering taking place. Mm-hmm. But we need a whole new lingua franca, a whole new way of looking at large scale systems. So if you look at your transportation system, it may include mechanical engineers, it may have electrical engineering, it may have you know policy people, but how do you actually understand large scale systems? And they hadn't built a language for that yet. And that resulted in a whole language. Now that language, interestingly enough, the reason I showed you that diagram, what my discovery came out of my Fulbright work, matches one-to-one with ancient systems of yoga and traditional medicine, Wow. okay? So if you study, the closest is control systems. When you take a controls course in aeronautics or double E, um, you will understand that an intelligence system has these nine principles, right? And you build these systems to achieve, to implement those. So anyway, the reason I'm giving this background is that um, engineering system science, um, uh, which really came out in 1950s with the work of Ilya Progroni, and then I've helped advance it more recently with some of the recent stuff I've done, really starts let, giving a language for you to understand these large-scale systems. Mm-hmm. Now, Henry Kissinger, okay, uh, George Soros, he's actually a, a theorist in engineering systems, reflexivity wow. theory, okay? So the smartest, quote-unquote, the smartest, most devious guys in the world actually learn engineering systems, or they have people who advise them about it. And when you understand engineering systems, one person can actually understand the whole, very complex yeah. stuff. So if you have 10,000 people understanding, they can you know, manage 8 billion people. So in the swarm diagram, which everyone should go see, uh, there's actually a whiteboard version of it behind. That's when I did yeah, it. Yeah, I'll, I'll link the video in yeah. the show notes so it, people can watch it. It's a 15-minute version because it's, it's every child should watch it because in 15 minutes, you will not just focus on the swarm, but you'll focus on how all of this works. They have a goal, which is maximizing power, maximizing profit, maximizing goal. One of the principles of a system. They have themselves, the swarm, which is not concentrated in any geographical area. It's not concentrated in any racial area. It's not concentrated in any particular occupation, right? You know, it includes the top 100 university presidents. It includes the top, you know, 2000 global 2000 CEOs, right? Includes yeah. the top maybe 20 uh, chairmen of the centralized central banks, right? And, you know, it includes a whole array of people. And, and then they have their front end, right? The customer facing people, right? And the customer facing people are what we call politicians. And the politicians are basically actors uh, primarily. Um, and those actors come and go, they have a factory, you know, I really like to say they have, you know, you can say that all these actors are made in the swarm, mm. right? Trump is made in the swarm. Okay. Booby fucking Kennedy is made in the swarm. Joe Biden is made in the swarm. All of them are made in the swarm because they all come from that. They're not part of the 8 billion. They have not had the experiences you've had to go work for a living, struggle, fight injustice. 
They've never really had to do that. And this swarm manufactures these quote-unquote leaders, these misleaders. It has a process to manufacture them. It vets them. It makes sure they will always be aligned with them. It, yeah. in fact, will give them full access to the media, yeah. positive or negative. Yeah. Um, so anyone who has full access to the media by the Grifter Media Inc. now by the Joe Rogans or the fucker. Many of the alternative ones too. That's what I was just about yeah, to say. By the fucker yeah. Carlson's or the yeah. mainstream media. And if they're on there a lot, they're part of the swarm. You can just take that to the bank. Yeah. And so they have created a way to ma manufacture these. Now, the, the huge opportunity that we have, Alec, is um, guys like me who came bottoms up they, and, you, you know, who are reasonably smart, who get recruited by the swarm, right? Getting all those degrees at MIT, winning all those awards. Mm -hmm. I should have been their poster child to be in their system, you see? But the problem is I never forgot where I came from. Yeah. I never forgot these very early experiences I had growing up as a low caste, quote unquote, an untouchable in India's caste system. Mm. And by the way, we now have a neo-caste system in the world. We have Brahmins yeah. everywhere. Yeah. And I remember the injustice that I suffered that I had to fight against. Um, I remember the experiences of my grandmother who was a village healer who practiced one of the ancient systems of Indian medicine, Siddha, and her healing people and learning that, you see? So I've had my experiences. These are not like things I read in a book or got it, took some new age course with Deepak Chopra, right? Or um, read about fighting for someone's rights. I've had to live that. Yeah. This is very deeply personal to me. So you asked me why I'm running. When you see a graph like that, I don't know if you can see it. Um, you may be able to see that graph right there. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's a graph and I'll explain it to you. And it's by the way, we, we, not, we go out in the mornings and we put out these flyers at train stations. Could you send me a copy of that so I can yeah. post that in the show notes too? Yeah. Oh, you know what I can do? I think I might, can I share on your screen or no? Uh, Katie, I don't know if you on the I, back end can I don't allow know can, me. But, um, but um, what I can do is let me, um, I don't know if I can send you something. Yeah, I think I can send you a link here, right? I can chat to you. Maybe I can. Well, there should be right below on your screen, yeah. Dr. Shiva, where it says share screen. You should see ah, an icon. Okay, there it is. Okay. Yeah. Let me do this. Um, there. Okay. So this is the flyer that I'm uh, referring to. Alec, let me, um, can you see that? Yeah. So, th so this is where our campaign starts. When I launched our campaign, you know, right after Easter, um, this is where it starts. Okay. Here's the bottom line. The lesser of two evils is killing your children. Now, why do I say that? Because the entire voting process uh, people think that they go vote on a particular day for one hour and that and their job as a citizen is done. But, and typically when they vote, they vote for the lesser of two evils, right? And what they have here, what, what you see in this, and, and we have to communicate this, this flyer is really a weapon because this flyer says, look, since the 1980s, the policies of the swarm um, have resulted in this key performance indicator. Now from systems engineering, right? You're looking for KPIs, right? what drives the system. So this graph goes from 1980, Alec, um, all the way to the present, in fact, 1970. And you see the United States life expectancy started deviating around 1982, 1984, and it's, it's an upside, it's an umbrella, okay? And the rest of the world, and you notice the trend is also, they're gonna become upside down umbrella, that's where it's headed. So when you look at something like this, uh, and you're a parent, or you know you care about children, right? Yeah. 
So you have to now really look at this because what this says is it's undeniable that the policies of both wings of the establishment, the swarm, have resulted in this. And they have no excuses. There's like, what are you going to say? It's like a, a kid coming to you and he keeps getting D's all day, Alec, right? You can't say, well, Johnny is a really a good A student. Let's keep supporting all of his teachers in the school. And you keep doing that for 70 years. Well, Johnny's going to co come out as a complete dumb fuck, okay? And this is what's happening. So I want everyone to look at this graph because no other candidate, Alec, wants to discuss this. And that in itself of its re revealing, because if they did discuss this, it would reveal the fact it would expose themselves and, and the swarm, okay? Who they Yeah, as release valves. Yep. Well, you can, because we have a situation where over the last three and a half years, especially, and then it also kind of happened with 9-11, justifiably, we have people who have become very, very, um, dare I say, uh, they, just, they just question the entire system, as they should. They question the entire concept of government, as they should. They don't know what to call it, but they know that the government is almost corrupt to the core, right? And, and and of course the government is controlled by billionaires and all these things are related, interrelated to some degree. And then we have a, a seemingly alternative candidate come on the scenes and that was originally in 2016 with Donald Trump. So somehow people genuinely believe that despite the system being corrupt to the core, a candidate that seem to be alternative sort of just finagles his way in and wins the presidential election in 2016. At least that's a position that I take. So I'd love to hear your thoughts. Yeah, so, on so, so, so Alec, Trump. this phenomenon, right? But, but mm -hmm. this, so when you look at that curve, that upside down curve, right? Yeah. So I just want to take this in very simple steps. So anyone listening to this, I just share, and by the way, I didn't do that graph that comes out of Kaiser Permanente, one of the biggest oh. healthcare institutions in the world. All right. So the lifespan, if you have a child or you know a child, that child is going to live shorter, have a shorter lifespan than you. So just let that, that's what really should sink in. Yeah. Behind that graph, Alec, is not any one thing. Mm -hmm. So people say, oh, it's a vaccines. Well, no, no. because it started happening it's before that. Oh, it's Obamacare. Yeah. Well, okay, that's part of it. Yeah, oh, it's exactly. the PPOs and PBMs. That's part of it. No. Oh, it's the toxins in the environment. Oh, that's part of it. Well, all of these things, ultimately, when you look at the human being as a biological system, you know, which is what I studied most of my life, the biological system cannot handle stress at a certain level unless it's resilient. Okay. But a non-resilient, any, any kind of system crumbles after a certain point, right? Resilient systems know how to move. And we'll talk about more about the immune system because it's related to this. So we've created through this process over 60, 70 years of actual, the swarm has done this through the inputs they've been putting in to the 8 billion people, they've created very non-resilient, highly stressed systems. Families don't have community, right? Yeah. You have uh, people who don't get the proper nutrition to boost up their immune system. Um, and you can connect literally these policies, which I've done in a video, to actually biological 
systems in the body, autophagy, oxidative stress, inflammation. Every policy that they've done over the last 70 years has physically affected some part of your immune or aging system. So think about that. So that's what they've done. And this was done, A, because they don't care about you. They don't care about the suffering of everyday people because they're not one of you. And Mm -hmm. if they even, to get to your point, Alec, if they ever talk about your suffering, that's all they're doing. They're talking about your suffering to manipulate you to think they're going to, that they're going to do something for you. And this is, once people um, get over this, change will occur very, very rapidly, what I call a self-organizing system. Now to get there, people have to have the knowledge base to understand how systems work. So this is sort of the, what, what I've been working on for 59 years, okay? Is that having seen injustice, experienced it, having fought it, the issue is how do you mobilize a systemic change? Because this graph tells me we need a systems overhaul. That's what it tells you, right? So if you come to that conclusion, you may call it a revolution, you may call it a state change, whatever you want to call it. But if you come to that, most people say, well, that, I can't do that. That's too big. So therefore, I'm going to vote for the lesser of two evils. Yeah. And then they continue that process. But the issue is, if you need a systems overhaul, well, what is a system? How does the system function? It's like you come across an alien ship. You say, well, I want to fly that thing. Well, you got to understand how it functions. And then you yeah. figure out how to pilot it. So... What's happened, Alec, is the knowledge that I learned over the many, many years uh, from the you know, institutional sense of understanding large-scale systems, then in my throat, through my independent research as a Fulbright researcher, can, uh, realizing that these engineering systems are the same systems principles that date back to 10,000, 20,000 years that mm. were used in yoga and traditional systems of medicine. The problem is many of those people who practice those ancient systems of medicine today, they've all become these new age freaks who just throw out words and they don't really know what they're saying, yeah. right? So the Western world looks at that, says as much of snake oil. But I was able to bridge these two worlds formally. Um, and that now gives us a framework which we can teach to anyone. So, yeah. so you can obviously use this for understanding physical man-made systems. You can understand it for using your body as a system. But you can also use it to understand any system, political systems. And that emerged in truth, freedom, health. So when we say truth, freedom, health, Alec, those are, believe it or not, scientific words to me. Freedom is literally the movement of information, matter, and energy. It is the same concept that occurs in science or engineering science called transport, right? Transport is the movement of information, matter, and energy. Well, in the ancient systems of medicine, that was called vatha, V-A-T-A, movement, right? Go to the next principle, truth. Truth is not a verb. Actually, it's really a process. We're constantly unraveling truth. We refine it. And, And that process occurs through the scientific method. You observe something, you make a hypothesis, you try out an experiment, doesn't matter how good looking you are, how much money you have, if your data doesn't match your hypothesis, it's not truth, right? So truth is really the same as another principle in engineering called conversion. You're, ta- you're taking stuff, you refine it, um, and you come to, you know, from one form to another, the conversion of information, matter, and energy. In the Indian system, it was called pitta, P-I-T-T-A, all right? And then you have something else, health. Health is your physical infrastructure, economic health, infrastructure health, your body health. If your body is not healthy, you don't have the wherewithal to fight for freedom, or to really explore truth. 
in the world of engineering, it was called the structural element, storage or structure. You need a vessel for transport and conversion to take place. In the Indian system, it's called kapha. Now, those are three principles of the nine. And um, so all of this, you know, since after I ran against Elizabeth Warren and I saw, uh, I've been an activist all my life, primarily an activist. I never ran for politics. I realized that what was missing was, you can say beyond left and right, and I can keep doing those important slogans, but people have to understand these concepts. They have to understand, they have to remove themselves out of the matrix and understand this. But everyone can say, oh, yeah, step out of the matrix. But how do you do that? Yeah. That became a core curriculum. I used, to teach her, I used to teach at MIT. And then I realized it needs to get out to people. And we made it accessible to everyone now. And I'll come back to that. But it is that curricula where people learn to teach it, do it, and learn, teach, and serve. That's how we raise consciousness. So our campaign fundamentally is to say, okay, you begin with that graph. You know you need a systems overhaul. And you come to the conclusion, I can't be voting for the lesser of two evils. What is a system? How do you fundamentally overhaul it? And the only way a systems overhaul is going to take chase, our leaders ultimately, Alec, reflect our own consciousness, our state of consciousness. Mm. If you keep thinking booby fucking Kennedy is your fighter. And by the way, I know all these people. I've been in rooms with them. I've hung out with them. So these people are not, it's not like theory. It's not like I'm reading a social media post. All right. I know these people at a personal level. So those people um, don't give a fuck about you. They hate you actually. And I want to emphasize this. They hate this country. They hate the concept of the first amendment, the second amendment, decentralization. They may say those words, but when you look at their actions, it's completely opposite, mm. all right? So that's a very, very important thing. And, and the concept of their existence, Alec, in system science of those nine principles called the disturbance. You see, we have a goal, which is my belief is most people want truth, they want freedom, they want health, right? People mm. want to think, they wanna be able to fight for themselves and they wanna be able to heal. I think every human being wants that for the majority of 8 billion. The 0.001% only want it for themselves. May heart to fathom. Now, you know, we have a very specific goal, truth, freedom, health. Well, they have a very different goal, power, profit, control. Now, power, profit, control is diametrically opposite to truth, freedom, health. Yeah. When they're moving towards their goal, just like an airplane is going from San Diego to Boston, it has disturbances, turbulence, hail. And you can study that in aeronautical and you can model that as one of those principles. If you're trying to move a society the forces of power, profit, and control, their disturbance is actually truth, freedom, health. And inversely, when we're moving towards truth, freedom, health, our disturbance is power, profit, control. But one of the ways that the swarm has one of its most powerful disturbances, Alec, is they have the obvious establishment. The people you know are obvious scumbags, okay? At any point in history. So the Clintons or the Bushes, right? Yep. Um, you know, open fascism, right? Yep. But they, in the last 50 years, they've become very, very clever. They have realized, wait a minute, the masses are learning how to organize. They're learning how to speak, right? They're learning how to read. So what we need to do is we can't just hammer them because we're going to create martyrs and they're going to rise up against us even faster. So we're going to create, manufacture their leaders. And they are applying control systems. So what they're saying is, okay, 2020, okay, wow. Dr. Shiva got out there and he he wasn't supposed to do this. He was supposed to be on our side. He said, wait a minute, Fauci is a scumbag. Not mm -hmm. only did he say he's a scumbag, 
he wrote a letter to Trump saying fire him. In fact, he ran a fire Fauci campaign. In March of 2020, not two years later, doctors wearing their white suits in front of the Supreme Court went after all the damage was done, right? Now collecting donations. Wait a minute, Dr. Shiva did that. Dr. Shiva also did the entire systems analysis, exposed signature verification is all screwed up. Elections are selections. The machines have the weighted race feature. Well, can I touch on this real quick? Yeah. Just, just real quick. Um, a lot of people question the integrity of the both 2016 and 2020 elections. All but elections. I, that's the, that's yeah. exactly what, what I'm saying is all elections. Yeah. Are, and, and by the way, the elections are selections. Um, yeah. Yesterday, I did a talk with somebody and I said, it's not only the chain of custody issues. Like yeah. in Massachusetts, we won the election. They deleted the ballot images, which you're supposed to preserve. The image, the, when the paper goes through the machines, a image is created, right? Deleted, right? And that's a yeah. law that was put in. So they have enough stuff that they do on election day. But the bigger process is the things that they've been doing 50 years before any election day. Yeah. They create the swarm. They manufacture their leaders. Fucker Carlson decides who who gets visibility, right? CNN decides who get visibility. They create the theater. They're like stagehands. They're like- Well, and, and this, is the, this is the thing. There, there's several elements to this, like with, with Tucker now leaving Fox News. So he seems to be even more anti-establishment because people are starting to catch on that Fox News was part of the establishment, which has always been part of the case. And then Tucker Carlson leaves. And now it's like, oh, Elon Musk and Twitter, that's, or now it's called- No, Elon. no, yeah. So, so, it's, it's all, so once you under, so I want to talk about each one of these guys, Alec. But once yeah. you understand this principle that they have a control system, okay? And the control system they have is they have a goal. They want to go to it. And just like a pilot on an instrument, if they have to go from Boston to San Diego, the pilot is constantly making adjustments. And everyone needs to really listen to this analogy of the pilot going to his goal. What is the pilot doing? He's got instruments. He's got sensors telling him if he's off course. And then he constantly makes adjustments. The elites now have massive amounts of information at their fingertips. And they know at any point in time, like in, the reason I wanted to finish up 2020 is, wait a minute, half a billion people just saw Dr. Shiva's videos talking about vitamin D, okay? Half a billion people saw exposing that the immune system is really the issue, you have to boost immunity. It is not mm -hmm. about vax or anti-vax, all right? And as those videos got out and the, and the sensors were too late to the game, by the time they got to the game, we reached about a half a billion people, but they knew once the cat got out of the bag, they had to go into a mode of realizing, wait a minute, the masses are awakening. They're realizing they're being bullshitted. So what do we do now? By the way, Booby fucking Kennedy promoted lockdowns in 2020, March of 2020. All right. Yep. And everyone needs to remember this. He has a video which he's saying, I believe in full vaccination of all Americans. I vaccinated all my kids with his groveling voice, you know? Well, and yeah, so that's so one quick comment on that. And like, I want to talk about Trump specifically first and then let's get to RFK. Yeah, I want to talk about like the succession in order here. So like a lot of people are under the presumption that that Trump is for the side of freedom. But let's let's talk about this real quick. In 2017, Trump nominated Scott Gottlieb as commissioner of the FDA. From 2017 through 2019, Scott Gottlieb was the FDA commissioner. And as commissioner of the FDA, he worked to expedite the approval process of experimental drugs. Then Scott Gottlieb leaves the FDA, joins Pfizer, where he has a drug approved in an expedited process. And then we look at how Trump signed the CARES Act, 
putting like creating the largest transfer of wealth that the entire world has ever seen from the working class to upper class and the top 1%. And then we have that Trump is the one who initiated Operation Warp Speed. Not only did he initiate Operation Warp Speed, he awarded Fauci a medal after leaving office. No, no, 12 hours before he left office. Yeah, yeah, sorry, 12 hours before he left office. And Trump, um, there's probably so many things that I'm forgetting, but then Trump also, uh, hey, I, I've got a message that is echoing a bit, and it might be coming from your end, I think. But Oh, really? Sure you guys can fix it. I don't know if you can turn down my volume on your end. But um, How's that? Trump, yeah, Trump also encouraged his supporters to get the vaccine several times, calls himself the father of the vaccine, says it's one of the best modern inventions. And then also, not only did he not pardon Julian Assange, he actually indicted Julian Assange, and there is evidence that his cabinet worked uh, out a possible assassination plan against Julian Assange, or like talked about the possibility of doing it. There's so many other things that we could talk about here, but it's just it's so crazy how this swarm has been created, and now they've become clever to where people are inserted that seem to be anti-establishment. So many people latch onto them who are starting to understand how corrupt the system is, and then they're right back into the system. Exactly, and that's that's by design. So, Alec, this really so, you know, what we teach our warrior scholars, and you know, and people want to really understand this. This goes back to around. This has been going in the in the modern history. This really started in the late 1800s and early 1900s, mm -hmm. and if you go back to that period globally, as we were transitioning from the agricultural era to the industrial era. Um, when the working class really came to being as a class, right? Um, throughout the world, people started realizing they needed to independently organize, independently. And that yeah. organization did take place in the late 1800s and 1900s. And as that organization took place all over the world, um, and they were mobilizing, they made massive gains in the United States. You know, I've mentioned this many, many times, but I have to mention again, four American workers were shot here for fighting for the eight-hour workday in 1886. Mm -hmm. Um, and in commemoration to them, working people all over the world named it May Day. It wasn't a communist holiday. It was actually commemoration to American workers. But in the United States, no one celebrates it. All right. Yeah. But in the 1900s, there were massive movements. I've seen pictures of Times Square filled with two to three million people packed. All right. Massive, massive protests, none of which would people learn in school anymore. So these were bottoms up movements, not organized by any particular party, mm -hmm. bottoms up. And when those movements grew, that's what scared the shit out of FDR. And they threw a lot of bones to the masses, you know, valuable bones, right? Getting rid of child labor, right? Uh, you know, infrastructure, good water, all these infrastructure systems. Any reforms that came out were because of those revolutionary movements. Mm -hmm. Now, what happened in 1950 was the elites did something quite incredible. And that was led by a guy called Joseph McCarthy. And McCarthy branded all of these movements. And by the way, he was out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, where seven workers were shot by the National Guard for fighting for the eight-hour workday. And so uh, McCarthy said all of these movements, the right wing branded all these movements as capital C communists being controlled by Russia. And, at, and then the swarm colluded with the so-called left, who became top-down union leaders. Hmm. All right. So the unions, which were organic unions bottoms up, very powerful could not be controlled by any wing of the establishment where in the next 20 years taken over. So between 1900 and 1970, there were close to 11,000 strikes, close to 200 million people participating in those strikes. And as the economy grew, everyone wages grew. 
starting in 1970 till today, um, as the, as this collusion took place, you know, promoting people like the Kennedys and the Bernie Sanders and the Jesse Jacksons and the Al Sharptons, they manufactured the swarm said, we need to manufacture scumbags. We need to actively manufacture these people. The reform party comes out around the 70s or 80s, which included people like Trump and Jesse Jackson. So they started manufacturing organizations on the left and the right, which would mislead people, which would have the rhetoric. In fact, they manufactured these organizations to attack the shoulders of the establishment. So Bernie Sanders would attack Joe Biden. Now he doesn't even do that anymore, okay? Or Jesse Jackson would attack Walter Mondale, or the Tea Party would attack Mitch McConnell, right? And so they created the obvious establishment, but they knew they needed the not so obvious establishment. So between 1970 till today, they were successful in making sure people didn't go on the ground, hmm. that people have these illusions of anarcho-syndicalism, that somehow hmm. things are just going to happen because you oppress people enough. And that's actually not true. Yeah. So what's ended up happening is for the last, since 1970 to today, maybe we've had about 900 strikes and maybe 2 million people took to the streets. Very different, 100x difference. And what's happened is the wages of working people have plummeted of the first and second income quartile. And if you look at the area under that curve, it's about 47 trillion was transferred. So Obama transferred about 8 trillion in two terms. Trump, uh, Trump did 8 trillion in one term. So that's where we're at. So where we're at is that there's been a very powerful effort to make sure, and this is the eye on the ball we need to keep, to make sure that people do not self-organize bottoms up or do not even understand this. And so that is why they've effectively created these swarm creatures. So we can go Trump, and we already covered Trump. I mean, if you go look at Trump end to end, the guy is a fucking actor. I mean, he was praising me like crazy, you know, open things and invited me to Mar-a-Lago. The same night before he invited me, he endorsed a guy in Massachusetts who did the election fraud. So I refused to go. Then he invited me again. We went down, had a two-hour meeting with him. Most, I mean, he looked like an actor in a back room, you know, who was just, you know, who was all fucked up, frankly, very frail. Okay. And what I noticed was during that conversation, you say, oh, yeah, that sounds like a good messaging point. Let me write that down. OK, so what these guys do is they have people writing down, lock her up. That's great. I'm going to convince a lot of fucking idiots to support me. Red hat. Yes, we can do that. Oh, drain the swamp. Well, I would say like a lot of these people, and that's what's unfortunate. I wouldn't I wouldn't personally call them fucking idiots because there's a lot well, of no, like, no, no. They're idiots. You're an idiot once you are told this. And you can look yeah. at the history. No, this is my point. Yeah. And it, it, it's well-intentioned, like freedom-oriented people who cling on to this mm -hmm. idea. And still, despite all of that stuff, like I made a post on my Instagram and Twitter that went pretty viral that basically highlighted all of the factual things with no conjecture by me, no ad hominems, nothing. Literally just the factual things that Trump did while in office, indicating very clearly for anyone thinking objectively that this dude is not in any way on the team like of, of health and freedom. And despite that, people were in my comments saying that, well, he's the best choice we got. So I'm voting yeah, for but, him. But, but see, the facts are not going to help alone, Alec. Let me, let me yeah, tell you what's been happening exactly. for us over the last three years. In 2020, with all that work we did way ahead, 
the people who came to us were people, in some ways they were opportunistic, and that's okay. They wanted, oh, Dr. Shiva's fighting the vax mandates, the, ma the mask mandates. Um, and after those sort of got over, they went back. They didn't have an activism mentality. But sure. in 2023, right. what's happening is I've had to unfortunately use the most vicious terms to expose these people. And it has to be done because you have to break people's and, you know, these neural networks in their brain. And now we have a whole bunch of people coming to us. They're saying, you know, I really hated you when you had that sign up on your uh, thing. Only the real Indian can defeat the fake Indian. You know, I used to like Elizabeth Warren. I, you know, really pissed off you, Tech Trump, but I listened to all your videos and I had to self-reflect because I'm desperate. And I realized I had two days of cognitive dissonance, but you're absolutely right. So yeah. the facts are not sufficient. What people need to understand is that the reason Trump is being promoted, the reason they went and found a brown nose Brahmin, brown noser, bullshitter, this guy Vivek the snake, was because they need people to ensure that people think someone else, a messiah will do it for you, that you don't yeah. have to get on the ground. And this is, this is the most important thing. As long as you're looking to them, yes. um, and as long as you're looking for them to expose truth, and like, wow, Tucker just told me this, a oh, fucking amazing, what a fighter. And you're just sitting there watching this shit, they got you. So exactly. there's enough yeah. of Trump we can go through, right? Um, one of the most important things that on the economic side, if you follow the money with Trump, you know, and having been, you know, in the in, in the field of biology and biological engineering is since 1980, everyone has known this. The entire way that pharmaceutical companies create, discover new medicines was bound to fail. So in the last 15 years, pharmaceutical revenues have actually come down. Yeah. They're not even finding enough new molecular entities that even the FDA will approve. Pfizer's revenue went from 65 billion down to 40 billion. This is like the big elephant in the room. Forget all the other stuff. That's yeah. right in front of you. 2019, Pfizer's revenue is 42 billion. Yep. 2020 goes up to 100 billion. I'm 80. They had a 95% increase in revenue. Yep. That, yep. yep. So that doesn't occur in any industry. Okay. And then it went to 100 billion. So Trump, Jared Kushner, they engineered that with Albert yeah. Morla, Israel, all of that. You know, I mean, it's all out there. But yeah. that is what Trump did. Trump was brought in to save big pharma, just like Obama was brought in to save big banks. So that's yeah. what Trump's real goal was. Um, if Hillary Clinton had done everything he did, we would have been, you know, we, there would have been a revolution on the streets. They needed a white boy to do that. Well, and someone who panders to right-leaning, freedom-oriented people who appear say. to be anti-establishment. Right. Just like you said, the not-so-obvious swarm. But except for it, like, it's so obvious at this point with him that I wouldn't even consider him the not-so-obvious right. swarm. So that's but why, at this point, we still have freedom-oriented people. That's why they needed to, to dig up the, uh, other people. Yeah, that's why they needed to dig up other people because Trump has yeah. lost his usability. So they have to indict him now to do part of the other theater. But, exactly. But uh, if you look at... Uh, fifty-seven percent of Trumpers, Alec, voted for Obama. Okay, wow. so this is what's important to understand. Wow. So they found Obama out yeah. of the streets of Chicago, funded by the Pritzker family. Right overnight, a uh, one-term senator is boom in front of everyone. Boom, he's a president. And for eight years, he said, "Hope and I'm going to fight." Da da da. At the end of the day, he saved big banks. That was his job. The white working class was pretty pissed off by the end of two thousand and. Uh, you know, they, they needed a white hope. And that's why they brought in Trump. Yep. If you look at now what's going on, if we can sort of share that, the other manufactured leader, quote unquote leaders, 
Booby fucking Kennedy. Okay. This guy is. Can, can, I, can I make. Can I, I don't know which one you want to go to. You want to go to Vivek or. So, yeah. So, um, you know, I've been. I think you saw over the past two days that. Let me just share like a little story to preface this. It'll yeah. take like two seconds. So I come from the, from the position that virology is 100% pseudoscientific. And we, we can touch on that a little bit uh, in, in a little bit here. But so when I was at this event this last weekend with a bunch of people who are in the like various fields of alternative media. And one of the things that these people said is that their barrier to explore the position that says there is no virus, the more terrain-based health position, is because, of course, they were first uh, convinced by the likes of Peter McCullough and Robert Malone, et cetera, et cetera. But then secondary to that, they saw people on Twitter and elsewhere who share the no virus slash terrain-based position who are coming from a very belligerent and hostile uh, point of view. And Whereas in, in sort of my commentary on that was I took this feedback and I say the way that I personally communicate is to be very loving and kind and only state the facts of the case and not apply any conjecture, any ad hominems. And I'm, I just want to ask, do you think that it's effective to call Bobby Booby Kennedy, especially j just real quick, when there are so many people in the health freedom space who do revere him as a god and are already convinced that he is anti-establishment, which I don't believe whatsoever, by the way. I wrote an open letter to him uh, eight months ago or so. Yeah, I do not believe that even a little bit. But the point is, I recognize that because so many people revere him as a god in this space and look to him as a savior, that you know, there's the Owen Benjamins of the world who do it for like comedic effect, right? But, but for those who are uh, attempting to draw attention to the issues that RFK and other people are going to bring about if they are supported, right? Is it, do you think it's helpful to call yeah, him? Yeah, very much. So Alec, you got to get out of the white liberal mentality. Don't take it the wrong way. White liberal okay. activists always pussyfoot around with evil, okay? Booby fucking Kennedy should be called Booby fucking Kennedy. And let me tell you why. Uh, look, I did a movie with him many, many years ago that was directed by, uh, funded by Pierce Brosnan and uh, directed by his wife, okay? It was on I was the main scientist in the movie called Poisoning Paradise about what's going on in Kauai. So Booby come on and goes, yes, we have very corrupt stuff. He does a little scene and leaves. All right. Here's the deal. People have to open their eyes to realize that the reason change doesn't go on is because of the white liberal mentality. Oh, you can't say that. You got to be nice. You see, a lot of people are, Shiva, you can't do that. Change never comes that way. So let me give you... Yeah. Personal Just real, real quick. The only reason I'm saying that, though, is like, no, no, I'm not. I, I am not personally offended by that. But the reality is that's where but, but Alec, is Alec, the, what you just saying. said. Let yeah. me just repeat. OK, you have to understand. People say, Dr. Shiva, I get it, but they may not get it. So I want to help you figure out how to, you're looking at a veteran who's been on the ground fighting for nearly 55 years. So you guys got to learn what actually works and what has actually worked historically. Because that white liberal approach is what leads to this, the lesser of two evils. They want Alec to control, you see, uh, language is thought. Language is thought. When you control language, you're controlling your thought. So they have, you know how the British used to fight? They used to watch with rods up their ass and walk down things and everyone had to fight that way. How did we yeah. win the Revolutionary War? They didn't say, uh, Dr. Shiva, you should please march down. Don't fucking throw tomahawks at them out of the street and don't be guerrilla warriors. That's how you win the war. 
Okay, you can never win on their battlefield. Booby fucking Kennedy. And everyone should teach that to their children. And let me tell you why I call him Booby fucking Kennedy and when everyone should. You look, he knows consciously exactly what he's doing. And I may release the emails that I have with him with Jake Crosby. Okay. He knows his role is to be the not so obvious establishment. And he's funded to be that. Okay. So let me give you two examples. This is not theory. This I don't is, disagree with any of that, by the way. This is actual, but, but I'm saying people, it's typically a smart people say, well, Dr. Shiva, I get it, but these poor slobs may not. So we got to change the language a little bit. Well, I just and, know that they're very, like, they're very prone to. No, no, but what like, I'm. I can, the way mine works is I. Alec, Alec, let me, let me just finish, okay? Because this is a very important point, okay? And this is what actual uh, data shows how you win. So let me give you an exp ex example. 1984, MIT. MIT has investments, large, many universities had large investments in South Africa. And if you are a black or brown South African, the brutalization of the South African government was extreme, openly shooting protesters on the street, fascist fucking government, 0.1% controlled 99.9%. .9%. And that's, by the way, where Elon Musk's epigenetic comes from, all right? Black and brown people had to carry on voter IDs every, or ID cards. So that was apartheid South Africa. Liberal universities were funding this apartheid, okay? So anyway, students in the 1980s woke up and they said, this is wrong. And so it always goes into three trends, the obvious establishment. So a bunch of students were the quote unquote right wing. They said, oh, this is great. We're helping those blacks, like missionary mentality. Let's yeah. invest more, okay? The second group was the white liberals on campus. Oh, you know, we need to do some protests and we need to go beg to the administration. Don't do that. Let's sing. We shall overcome. Okay. That kind of shit. And then, and then what I had realized by 1984 as an activist was that the left and the right, everything I'm sharing with you, I'd realized back then when Jesse Jackson talked a good game and he gave all of his votes to Walter Mondale, um, talking the lesser of two evils. That's when I realized you needed a systems overhaul. So I'll give you a very actual example. So there were these three trends, three different student groups supporting apartheid groups saying, well, we have to just let's meet with the dean and he's going to help us out. <laughs> Bullshit. Let's meet. We had a very good meeting with the president and he it was so nice to us. We we went and had tea with him. Nothing's fucking happening. All right. So we organized our movement called the student and we said we need to do massive militant protests. OK, galvanizing not only students. But working people right here in Boston, they go, what are you talking about? Well, you white liberals are talking about, white liberals always like to talk about a problem 10,000 miles away. You're fine with talking about oppression of black people over there, but you won't even go into Roxbury or Dorchester, which is two miles over where there's massive segregation. You're not talking about the fact that most of the poor white and black workers who work in the food service get paid nothing. They don't have health insurance. So we did as we said, stop apartheid oppression from Boston to, uh, you know, Soweto. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we galv so we organized all the food service workers. You see, we made it much more real. And then when we did a protest, we started at BU. You have to go up Comab across the Mass Ave bridge to MIT. We're marching along and, you know, it's sort of a lame protest. They're saying no to apartheid, no to apartheid. The day before about 200 students were shot openly by the South African police protesting in South Africa. 
So we take up a slogan which matched that anger. Apartheid in South Africa, burn it to the ground. Wow, that's pretty militant. That's violent. Everyone took it up, Alex. All 5,000 people because people were pissed. These liberals run around with their little yellow. You can't say that. That's too violent. Stop. Stop. Don't say that. They're going to think we're violent. We said, shut the fuck up. We walk across, but we were expressing as working people the actual anger of those people in here. You see, that's what white liberals want to do. Liberalism, oh, okay, we can't say that. We get over to MIT. We had the South African flag. I burned it on the steps of the MIT campus. It was reflecting, it wasn't random, reflecting what was going on in South Africa. The police didn't do anything. We marched to the... Uh, uh, president's office, scared the shit out of him. They pulled out of their investments out of South Africa. You see? So white liberals and booby fucking Kennedy and the entire left with Bernie Sanders, AOC, they talk a good game, but they try to control it. So now fast forward to 19, uh, 2019. Many people know I was leading massive protests against the vaccine mandates here in Massachusetts. I'm from New Jersey. In January of uh, 2020, we took our SUV with all of our sound equipment and we mobilized 5,000 to 6,000 mothers in Trent, New Jersey against a vaccine mandate bill that was coming down before. So Corona hadn't hit yet. Okay, this is early January, very early, late 2019. This was our second protest. Booby Kennedy comes in with his SUVs and everyone is supposed to walk around the, the state house for 100 times in reverence to the kid people who died of vaccine injuries. He just does this little thing. Now, up until then is when I had figured out he was full of shit, yeah. right? And I said, wait a minute, this guy- Which I don't disagree with, by the way. Like, this is the whole point. This guy I endorsed, no, but let's, I wanna go at why I call him booby fucking Kennedy. Yeah, exactly. He endorsed Hillary Clinton, not once, not twice, mm -hmm. three times. Yep. And the movie that I did with him was about poisoning paradise. Hillary Clinton, campaign manager was right out of Monsanto, that revolving door, right? So he's endorsing yeah. someone openly in a New York Times article who's pro-GMO, pro-Monsanto. And then over here, he runs water keepers. Ah, uh, you know, I'm, I'm into saving the, the, the waters. He's full of shit. And on top of that, that's 20, people say, oh, that's too late. In 2020, when I'm running for Senate here in Massachusetts, his nephew, Joseph fucking Kennedy, is one of the most rabid, pro-vaccine mandate guys. He brings his nephew out to LA, does a huge fundraiser for him. All right. That's 2020. Then the motherfucker at his own house, everyone had to be vaccinated before they could come in. And then he blames his wife. And he blamed it on his wife. Yeah. But it's then it gets it's even more house. interesting. Maureen Callahan in the Daily Mail says, look, you want to debate Peter Hoach. Why don't you debate me? Let's talk about the fact that you had a diary and we have to talk personal shit of how you banged 28, 30 women. Your wife finds your diary. She wants to hang herself. You really let her hang herself. Then it gets even more interesting. He brings- well, There's also indication there that he encouraged her to. Yes, but even more, the, 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 the Kennedys, booby fucking Kennedy going all the way to Joe Kennedy are masters of public relations. So Ken Sunshine, you can look him up. As I understand, that's his PR agency, one of the biggest PR guys. So after his wife dies, they have the big casket and he's praying over it like this, a good Catholic boy, beautiful pictures. The next day they, and that was in the Kennedy area where they buried. The next day, Alec, they exhumed her 
coffin and they moved it to an unmarked grave. He is fucking booby fucking Kennedy. He knows what he's doing. His role is to talk like this. I'm fighting. And then the next day you go fucking support Zionism. The butchering of power. You go hang out. Not only so, does he support Zionism, he's taken like the hardest possible stand. I know, because he's a fucker. Yeah. And you have to call him. Start calling him booby fucking Kennedy. And if you look at the Kennedys, it's about blowing people's. And I don't care about the 30% of those mothers who want to suck off Kennedy and probably sleep with him, who give him all their money in Scarsdale. We don't care about the 50%. Our goal is to find the 20% who get it, because when the 20%, you mobilize them, Alec, we're going to pull over the other 50, okay? So that's, Okay, th that's a fair point, because like here- We're so, not here to appease to I, I hear you. all I hear, these people, because they're not going to do quick. anything anyway. I don't, first off, I don't disagree with everything that you just said. I'm simply saying like, yeah. okay, before I came on this interview, one of my friends who's a pretty big activist in this space, and he does make a lot of videos. I'm not going to name who he is, but he, he makes a lot of videos and like is out doing shit all the time. And he's had a lot of videos of him out doing stuff, challenging people yeah. to their face, go public. And I sent a message to a few of my friends. I was like, hey, I want to I'm about to interview Dr. Shiva. You guys have any questions? And they were like, why does he come across as such a dick? And like, yeah, so, you should ask him. Why? Let me, no, no, no. That's a barrier for them to explore. Why does he, has he walked in my shoes? Is he? For a, sure. You see what I'm saying? You know what's for interesting? Sure. Women get my anger and they but men don't and i find this fascinating in fact white men liberals don't get it because the white male liberal in the united states has never had to fucking fight for anything so that guy i would tell him to shut the fuck up and sit down and learn no he has to learn he has to go look at the kennedy's history and he has to realize why is this graph like this and yeah. the reason is this is very personal to me and personal to the other 8 billion people, because that's who I represent. I'm not here to fucking please people. And he wants to please people. He wants to be a people pleaser. He wants to be seen like he's fighting the right way. Uh-uh. The right way is how you fight on the street. Go to New Jersey, go to Newark, and let him talk his shit there. He gets slapped the shit out of there. So he doesn't know what he's talking about. He doesn't. He speaks. He's giving me advice when he has no foundational basis to give that advice. And so people say, oh, yeah, he's saying something nice. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. So let's go back to the Kennedys. Joe Kennedy, a mobster. Yeah, I live oh, in Massachusetts. Yeah. John F. Kennedy is a fucking creep. The guy had venereal disease. He should, wasn't even accepted into the Navy. His father had to make phone calls to get him in. He was one of the most reckless soldiers. He did many, you know, crazy shit. He did one of the biggest blunders, the PT-109 disaster. He blew up that ship, all right? Now, he had done that before with other ships. Mm -hmm. Now, what's fascinating is his father called up the press, redid it to make him a hero. If you or I did it, Alec, we'd be fucked. We'd be in jail. Then his father wrote a book for him, Profiles in Courage, all right? Your father, I don't think, my father couldn't have done that. He called up people, made sure he won the Pulitzer Prize. All right. Kennedy gets in and then they created this mythos, Camelot royalty. Are you fucking serious? Camelot. It's about British royalty. So you're bringing back that ethos to brainwash people as though this guy is some great human being. And many of these people then say, well, Kennedy was fighting the military industrial complex. You see, weeks before he was coming out against Vietnam. Well, Michael Tracy, you can find it right on Twitter. Wonderful video where he wants to be in Vietnam. He was the first 
true modern day U.S. imperialist, yeah. John F. Kennedy. Then Booby fucking Kennedy's father, RFK, was not a peacenik. There is the actual speech that he gives on the floor of the U.S. Senate. We must stay in Vietnam. We must escalate this war. Full lockstep barrel with LBJ. Now, getting to the vaccines, who passed the Vaccination Act? Kennedy, 1962 vaccination. So can, can you touch on this like more specifically, too? Because I heard you say this on another episode, and people are like, what? No, it was the 1986. In no, no, this is where all these mothers yeah. are fucking stupid, and they're screwed up, because the mothers who, by the way, not the smart mothers, the dumb mothers who think Booby is going to come save them, okay? Well, he's also fighting for, quote, safer vaccines. Exactly. So let's talk about that. Yeah. And- we should probably talk about the 1963 first. Let's let's first. start with this. Okay. Yeah. You're looking at someone who's considered one of the leading guys in the immune system, even by the establishment. Okay. I was invited in 2019 to give the talk at the National Science Foundation. They choose one scientist every year on the immune system. And that, you know, I presented this paper, which is called the modern theory of the immune system. Okay. This basically said, look, when the 1962 vaccination act, the Kennedy vaccination act was created, it was done with a very, very rudimentary understanding of the immune system. They thought we had these two engines, the innate immune system and the adaptive, right? Something comes into your body. It makes your body react in your visceral part of your immune system, call it the innate. And then three to four days later, your body upregulates what's called antibodies. Okay. So that was a theory of 1915. And so the idea was you short circuit the immune system and you inject it with something called a vaccine, some antigen, and it would create, make the body create antibodies. Which is all like a baseless assumption when you understand the virus. Well, we'll, we'll get to that. Okay. We'll get to that because um, the, the reality is that Kennedy's, the 1962 vaccination act was based on this very rudimentary engineering understanding of the body's immune system. 1963, the measles vaccines come. By then, 99% of measles was gone, okay? Yeah. But what did Kennedy actually do, Alec? That act created the, the, the divisions within the CDC, created all the bureaucracy. So you want to talk about centralization, all these, do, 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 all these um, uh, machinery come into existence after the 1962 Vaccination Act. What, what's, the, what's the name of that act, though, so people can 1962 Vaccination Act. Okay, got it. Okay, and it's interesting. No one knows that because fucking booby fucking Kennedy and that bogus Children's Health Defense Fund who literally steals our work. And by the way, we sued them for it. Okay, come back to that. We sued Kennedy and he ran like a dog. Okay, so um, the they want to talk about 1986. Uh, uh let's go back to 19. Let's go to the root of the problem. 1962, the Vaccination Act was passed on a very rudimentary, at best, understanding of the immune system. And that led to all of these departments, all those corrupt departments that you have. So John F. Kennedy is the one who gave rise to all of this, this new organism, which means a bigger government, more regulations. And, but most importantly, giving the government the right to stick shit in, into you. Alec, think about that. Your body was now being violated openly and allowed by John Kennedy's signature of the 1962 Vaccination Act. So the next 24 years, what happens? 1962, 1986, people are getting vaccine injuries. They're starting to sue people, the, uh, the pharmaceutical companies in federal court or state court. Vaccine yep. companies, whoa, 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 we can't be sued. Yep. So they call a bunch of people. One of them was Ted Kennedy. Ted Kennedy, as you 
may know, may not know, he was on the Senate sponsor of the bill of the 1986 vaccine injury program. That set of uh, principles or uh, guidelines or, or, or ideas protected the big pharma companies from ever being sued. They created what? More government. It's called yeah. under health and human services. They created the vaccine courts and they had a limitation of liability of $250,000. So you see, it's nearly impossible to get paid out by that shit. I know. Yeah, exactly. You have to hire a lawyer and the lawyer takes 90% but it's of you it. against the DOJ, man, like with, like with no jury, it's, it's, it's absurdly corrupt, but, but let's just focus on the facts to these friends with the actual fuck you to them. You have to do both. Fuck mm -hmm. them. And I'm going to share the facts here is that, they created all this. Kennedy created all this shit. And Ted Kennedy, who murdered a fucking woman here, who got away. All these people should understand in what fucking country you only I think. He was running for office, right? Or he, he was already in office. Ted Kennedy was at that time running for office. Yeah. Okay. He was, and, his, and he literally killed a woman, drove off the bridge, waited almost a day to tell anyone and if you see the movie Chappaquiddick, it's interesting. Joe Kennedy, the father, comes out in a wheelchair, says, you fucking idiot, brings a room full of PR people. And they said, this is how we're going to do this now. Okay? That's what the Kennedys fucking do. They're criminals. And we need to get, say it like it is. Not because in the back of your mind, oh, maybe Bobby's a good guy. No, he isn't. He uh, comes from a line. Not, not you. Me. Not you. I'm talking yeah. about these people say, why is Dr. Not Shiva, you know, he's a dick. Yeah. Well, you're a fucking dick because you don't really care about everyday people. No, yeah. seriously, if they're willing to call me a dick, I'm going to call them a dick. Yeah. And we have to, and you have to say that back to them because what ha ended up happening. So the vaccine courts get created another institution. You can't even sue them in federal court now. And now we have this whole nother level of shit for more lawyers to make more money. Now, booby fucking Kennedy comes around, doesn't know shit about vaccines. He's backed by a guy called Mark Blacksell. Yeah. And Jake Crosby has done some of the best stuff on his isn't, work. Isn't, correct me if I'm wrong, and this could be completely off, but isn't Dell backed by Mark's, Mark Blacksell too? Dell who? Computers? Dell, no. Dell Big Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Big Tree. All these guys. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's another fucking moron. Okay. That guy wanted to be in Hollywood, couldn't make it, you know, and then yeah. this is his yeah. shtick. Okay. But the bottom line you got to understand is he didn't know shit about vaccines. Nothing. No. Mark Blacksell injected himself in like a snake. And then yeah. Bobby's a front man. He's a puppet. Yeah. So the bottom line is, what does Booby fucking Kennedy want? And we should probably play that video. People should hear that video. He openly says, I am, let me be clear. I am pro-vaccine. I am emphatically pro-vaccine. I've gotten yeah. almost down. You know, I vaccinated all my fucking kids. Well, can, I, can I share some personal stuff here that like in, in relationship that I've had with Children's Health Defense specifically? That, that sort of gives insight into this. Okay, so it's, it's clear. I've already established with you. My audience all knows this. I come from a position that there is no proof whatsoever that strictly adheres to the scientific method or to logic, really, that viruses exist or cause any sort of disease. There's other clear logical explanations for what causes the phenomenon of two or more people getting sick in the same space. We can set that aside for a second. But I find that to be an extremely important thing. And it's not just me, the likes of Dr. Kaufman, whom, whom I know you know, Dr. Mark and Sam Bailey, Dr. Tom Cowan, Dr. Kelly Brogan, hundreds of people that are professional people at this point and thousands and thousands and thousands of others are really starting to un understand this. So we have, as an example, Weston A. Price is an organization that consists of a lot of professional people who are all of the position that there is no 
evidence for virology or for viruses. And so Children's Health Defense, we have had multiple uh, lines of communication with them to try to get them to broach this topic with their audience, not to take a stance on it. Like I get the whole political game that you have to play, but to just broach this topic with their audience. Not only will they not do it, they behave disingenuously behind the scenes when you try to get them to come to the table to discuss this. And I'll give an example. And I've not talked about this on my show. I've talked about this on other shows. So myself and uh, so I wrote an open letter to RFK and Dell and it got like 40,000 views. And it, all it was was taking all of their arguments for why they will not broach this topic and analyzing them and really destroying them. Cause there is no, there's no justification, especially when you have organizations that profess to be about exposing scientific corruptions and thing like, and things like this, it's important to broach this topic. So then I get a message from the chd.tv director, Polly Tommy asked me to come on a round table the next day with Merrill Nass and Brian Hooker. And I re respond and basically ask, well, what's the purpose of this conversation? What will be the topic of discussion? Like, am I supposed to bring any resources? Is it going to be a debate? And she said, I don't have time to discuss this with you. Uh, I need to know now if you can do it. So I could see very clearly what was going on. They were trying to set me up and pull a gotcha, pull up a paper that I haven't had a chance to read that shows some electron micrograph image of a virus and say that, hey, see, we've proved him wrong. So long story short, we stopped that. I recommend that they do a debate where Dr. Cowan, and RFK co-moderate a debate where the no virus side is represented by Dr. Andrew Kaufman, and Dr. Mark Bailey. The other side is represented by one or four of the following people, Dr. James Lyons-Wheeler, Dr. Robert Malone, Dr. Peter McCullough, and Dr. Ryan Cole. They say no. They say RFK is too busy. And then, then there's other people that are messaging them, messaging them, asking them to do the same thing. And then they finally say that we'll just have, they'll have me come on to share my perspective on virology. And I was like, oh, wow, they're finally going to allow this to happen. So I respond, great. Can I bring along Eric Coppolino and Mike Stone with me? And they say, yeah, that's awesome. We set the date for February 28th. So February 25th, and I made it very clear that this was not a debate. It was just me presenting my perspective on virology. And they were like, yeah, totally. I was like, okay, great. February 25th on a Saturday, three days before the event is supposed to take place, myself, Mike Stone, and Eric Coppolino get a message from Polly Tommy saying, great news, you guys. Dr. James Lyons-Wheeler has agreed to host this discussion. Keep in mind, he's one of the guys I recommended we debate against. And they're like, no, 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 not a debate. He's a Just joke, a, by the discussion. way. Yeah. And then they pull this bait and switch on February 25th on a Saturday, mm -hmm. three days prior to. And I think they expected us to say, no, 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 that's not happening. So that they could say, we tried to do the virology discussion, but they said no. So Mike Stone, Eric Coppolino, and I talked about it, and we were like, let's do it. Screw it. Let's just do it. Let's just say yes. So we said yes, and then two hours prior to recording, we get an email from them on February 28th. Hey, sorry, this is canceled. We're not going to do this anymore. And I said, wait a second, Polly. I reoriented my whole schedule for this. So did Eric, and so did Mike. Can't we just record this on Zoom with James Lyons-Wheeler and then submit it to you? And they said, no, that's not going to work. And that's the last we heard from them. So what did you learn from that, Alec? I learned that CHD, um, and I won't like, let me, let me say this in a certain way. I have friends who work for CHD that are great people, but CHD as the organization is extremely disingenuous. No, but what did you learn from that whole fucking experience? Because you see these people are fucking devils. They yeah, are I mean, they behave not, very disingenuous. They're and not they're about to be fighting, fighting for freedom. They're running a business. So in 2020, 
and I just want to end this on why Booby should be called Booby fucking Kennedy mm-hmm. is that is what that organization's about. Everyone at that inner circle. All right. And I had my personal experience because in 2019, I just published this paper. I was doing my own videos talking about the immune system, talking about this is not about vax. It's not about anti-vaccine. This is about boosting the immune system. Those videos were going viral. All of Booby's mothers were giving him money. were coming over here and he was getting quite jealous. And I didn't even know this dynamic. People are just getting invited, invited, invited. Okay. And, but I'm a ground guy. I said, wait a minute, there's no fucking movement. Booby's been just filing lawsuits bogus and he sits on them. All right. So we ran the first vaccine and immune health conference in my building. About a thousand people showed up. These guys have never done anything like that out of nowhere. And Booby's fucking lawyer, Aaron Siri, shows up and he knows I created a technology at MIT on the computer to end animal testing where we can understand molecular pathways. He says, you know what? You should do that to create vaccines. I go, what did you just say? Because, ooh, don't tell anyone. All right. Right. So anyway, I started seeing all these. Con- I didn't even know these people. I said, oh, OK. I knew Booby from that movie I'd done. And then I saw these people were actually telling w- people not to get on the ground and protest. They were telling women what what slogans to say, total control. So we started doing the biggest protests and they're like freaked out. They started becoming our enemy to sabotage us. Jake Crosby, who used to work for Booby, then said, yeah, Booby's full of shit. He was the number one epidemiologist who worked with him, revealed all the emails showing the, the nature of Booby fucking Kennedy, that he has positioned himself to be the not so obvious establishment. All right. This is very conscious, Alec. So all these people say, oh, why do you call him a dick? Because you don't fucking understand, moron. They are actually doing this in a conscious way, just like what they did to you. Going, They don't want to have debate. They're running a racket. All right. Yeah. So when I started exposing Kennedy, fact that he supported Hillary Clinton, fact he then writes, he couldn't take it anymore. I did video after video and no one had done this. I lost 20% of my followers. You know, I could have been very, very opportunistic, very sleazy. Ooh, great. All these mothers are coming to me. Get their donations. Oh, what work with Bobby, right? I didn't do that. I took the hard route, exposed him. And then Booby writes an article on his blog page saying, Dr. Shiva is a vaccine maker. He works with Bill Gates and he's friends with the Clintons. Complete. I mean, that's how the, that's how the Kennedys are. They go. This is why I appreciate you is because you'll openly address anything like so just for all the audience listening, like I submitted questions and there's some that I didn't even submit. Like all of these, all of these presidential candidates that are running have scripted interviews. Like, like for example, Tucker interviewing Trump, right? Like that was 100% a scripted they thing. They give him all the questions ahead of time, Alec. Huh? They give him all the questions. But yeah, that's my point. That's my point. So let me, but, but here we expose Kennedy and Kennedy writes a blog page absolute lies. Yeah. I sue him in federal court for 91 million bucks. He's a lawyer. He runs around evading service. Then he finally gets served. He defaults on the lawsuit. My own lawyer probably got a call from him. We haven't figured this out. Didn't do the right service. And then he tells me that, oh, I, I really like the Kennedys. Oh. All right. So we have to go after him. But my point is, on one of my websites, which is my technology company, we get 10% discount from Microsoft for buying software. We put uh-huh. Microsoft Business Partner. He uses that and says, I work 
with Bill Gates. <laughs> Do you understand this, guys? That's like fucking fascist Stalinist shit. Yeah. So, yes, Booby fucking Kennedy. And if That's you're great. a man and you have balls, then call him Booby fucking Kennedy and you truly care about people. Don't pussyfoot around because if you pussyfoot around, really we get this kind of graph. All yeah. right? And this is what's happened. The white liberal males have been for too long running American politics. And they're all liberals. Fucker Carlson is a white liberal. All right? Joe Rogan is a white liberal. Now, it's very interesting. I was looking at all these women who wanted to interview me, podcasters, and all of them were women, some black people, but none of these white liberals. Joe Rogan is a fucking pussy boy, okay? All these guys are not men. And you got to really understand this because let's talk Rogan. In 2012 to 2015, I did the earliest seven, six scientific papers published in peer-reviewed journals exposing how genetically engineered foods actually change the plant structure. The plant produces less glutathione. Many people who knew Joe Rogan and me said, Joe, you got to have Shivan. At that time, he was only giving to, uh, you know, visibility to Kevin Folta, who's a scientist, yeah. who's a pro Monsanto scientist out of one of the universities. So Rogan buried the story. He follows me still. When the vaccine stuff was going on, uh, Eddie Bravo, his close friend, said, put Dr. Shiva on. No. Yeah. So, I like Eddie. I think Eddie's a legit dude. Eddie's I a do. nice guy. But the thing is, these guys, um, the other guy, there's another guy, I forget his name. Um, he said, oh, why are you attacking Joe? Joe's done so much for me. He helped my career. I said, your career is what's going to determine whether you tell the truth or not. So you have yeah. all these men, quote unquote men, who are part of their monetary existence is connected to these people. So they're not free human beings, Alec. So mm -hmm. if you look at Trump, we've talked about him. If you look at Booby, again, personal experience. Now let's go to fucker Carlson. Fucker Carlson is very, very important to understand and why he also needs to be called fucker Carlson. Go look at his family lineage. His father is the one who created the disinformation agency institution. Do you know this? No, Booby. I didn't know this. His father... Total CIA spook. He created the media agency to bullshit other countries, to, to spread lies into other countries. That's fucker Carlson. He wanted to follow in his father's footsteps. They supposedly denied him into the CIA. My position, and someone should go do research, he was put as an asset. Now look at fucker Carlson. He never tells the truth on time. His it is always after the fact. It's yep. kind of like how Robert Malone came out about the vaccine yes. way yep. after. Way after. And yeah. if you look at, but fo follow fucker Carlson through, and we'll come to what happened with Fox. So you follow fucker Carlson through. He wears a little dweeby little, you know, you know, whatever his bow tie, right? Was this little conservative. But he, go look at his history. How does he end up as a college student in Nicaragua standing next to Zamoro? who was put in by the CIA. There's a picture of him, all right? Yeah. He gets inserted into all these places, suddenly shows up. Fucker Carlson is a complete intelligence asset. Mm -hmm. That's what he is. You don't get to real, be- Real quick, a qu question on this though. Just like when we're, how do I put this? I may answer my own question here. Is your, is your um, position when it comes to people who have done effed up things in the past, right? Or who have taken positions in the past, that as long as they come out and have a hard stance against that position, 
then you would give them more. No, 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 no. You have to, you have to look at their actions. It doesn't matter what they say, Alec. Look For at sure. what okay. they did. Okay. What did they in March of 2020? Go back. What did Boobie yeah, Kennedy? So like, let's use Tucker as the example here. Then, like yeah. Tucker had, yep, acknowledged that past with him. But what about like now? If he, yeah, but like, but, what, but yeah. let's let's go. But you have to look at the line. You can't come into the story when the villain is acting all friendly. You're coming into, you know, one hour thirty two minutes of the movie. Oh wow, this guy's amazing. He's loving this woman. He's saying, but he's about to go kill her. Or he had yeah, back yeah, yeah, her. Yeah. Okay. You're you you can not come into the slice of you the need movie. The full context. You need the full You have to see. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that, and unfortunately, I've had to end up doing that because I love history, right? And I think, and uh people say, Oh, you're bashing everyone. Someone wrote this, and I go, What do you mean everyone, moron? There's eight billion of us. We're the everyone. They're like 10 people, they're like 20 people who keep getting visibility in all the mainstream media. They're not everyone and they must be bashed. So don't tell me I'm bashing everyone. I'm bashing your false heroes because now you you are, you are don't like me doing that because now this means you have to get off your ass and you may have to go hand out a flyer. Totally you may fair. have to go do fucking something. That's, see, and this is what I've said when it comes to like, the likes of CHD and ICANN, they, they reinforce this narrative and then also RFK running right now. They reinforce this narrative uh, that, that is that is sort of this subconscious, it incapacitates people. It takes people who are freedom oriented and, and it makes them think, oh, thank God, I can just sit back now and give all my money to these organizations and give all my money to these people and just wait for this savior to come in and do all the work. And not only that, Kennedy watches everything I do and you can go see a video. I say our, our presidential campaign is a spear of building a movement about you. He literally took those words and does a video the next day. Wow. He's a fucker. He's got spies because what they need, Alec, is they need the actual real stuff to get materials to manufacture their leaders. Yeah. So they have data. I'm sure they're getting intelligence data. Wow. Shiva does this video. People are really with it. All right. So we need to go say this. You need to say this now, booby. That's what they're doing. But let me, the, uh, the point with Tucker is this. And by the way, again, in the trenches. So go back to 2020. They steal our election in Massachusetts. We expose the fact that they deleted ballot images, which they did. They admit it. I shared the emails. Them admitting they deleted. That goes viral. We get thrown off Twitter. We discovered that the government contacted Twitter. This is the grossest violation of the First Amendment. No swarm lawyer in Massachusetts wanted to take on my case because the Secretary of State, is, his, name, his name is Bill Galvin. He's called the Prince of Darkness. He owns everyone, Alec. I had mm. to do the case myself, all right? So I go do the case myself. And this is now 2020, September of 2020, October of 2020. And we go into federal court. I had to do all the case law. I had to represent myself. It's no small deal. Yeah. And it was me against seven lawyers. I'm going to share. Um, yeah, Kate, Katie, do you want to share screen? Yeah, I'm going to share. Okay, yeah, Katie, allow me to share screen. So every, you have, by the way, do you have a hard stop? Me? No, I'm good. I think I'm okay. Okay, cool. All right, good. I, I have a lot I'm more bad questions. on scheduling. But uh, um, so let me share this with you. All right. So yeah. um, so I just shared something with you. So um, in so just go back to March of 2020. Uh, sorry, September of 2020. We're running in the primaries. The election stolen from us. We discover they deleted the ballot images. I tweet that. I have close to a quarter of a million followers. I do a tweet at that time 
uh, I'd get 33, 40,000 retweets. Got retweets it. on an average day. And, and to be clear, you think this has been going on for a long time. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's been going on yeah. forever. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, so what ends up happening is I filed my lawsuit. It's me against three Harvard lawyers in federal court. And in cross-examination, this is 2020 now. Mind you, 2020. We discovered that the government has a backdoor portal into Twitter, an entire infrastructure, a complete yeah. infrastructure, which I was the first to discover and document it, all right, in gross detail, all wow. created out of CISA. I found the playbooks, actual documents, the, the manual on how they will censor U.S. citizens. I found out that Pierre Omidyar from The Intercept is the one who funded the Center for Internet Security. And so when I exposed Bill Galvin, his legal counsel, Michelle Tassinari, who was also on the general counsel of CISA, which I had no idea, used that infrastructure through this backdoor portal to silence me. All of this is presented in federal court. More interestingly, all of this we wrote to fucker about, okay? And by the way, I did video after video after video on this, you see? Yeah. Video after video after video after video. About a half a billion people throughout the world came to know about this. It wasn't a secret. We discovered that Omidyar, who runs The Intercept, is the one who funded the creation of that backdoor portal so government here could launder censorship. All in federal court evidence. Remember, evidence takes a lot for a judge to accept it. So this is evidence, cross-examination testimony, long before the fucking bullshit Twitter files and Elon fucking Musk. Yeah. All right. So we uh, write, I, made, I made a whole video on how Elon Musk is not fighting for freedom whatsoever. So my point is, my point is, Alex, this is 2020, okay? Yeah. So no, we that's write, incredible. That's incredible. So this that's is to Tucker. I said, Tucker, here's the first lawsuit. Note, notice the date, October 2020. Okay. Then we get a victory. The judge gives me the terms of my preliminary injunction. Judges don't do that. Yeah. All right. We want a landmark victory. The release is below. We talk about the backdoor portal, the entire census. Cover this. He does nothing. We even wrote to that other dweeb, Glenn Greenwald. Okay. That's crazy. So all of this is here two yep. to three years before Twitter fucking files. Yep. First case to show government makes Twitter silence political speech. Now, I'm not a nobody. Half a billion people have seen this. Yep. All right? What did he do? He concealed it. He didn't forget about it. See, the white liberal male will say, oh, well, Tucker, maybe was busy. No, he fucking concealed it, moron. He intentionally yeah. concealed it. So this is what people do. They keep giving these white boys from the swarm, the elites, the bourgeois, liberals, and Tucker's a fucking liberal. He's a neoliberal, okay? Yeah. I don't pass. Well, Tucker is very busy. No, he knows about me. He got the emails. This is one of the most important lawsuits. It's going everywhere. He concealed it. Hmm. Now it gets even more interesting. Then if you remember in October of 2022, that bogus, another CIA front organization called the Intercept comes out. And what do they do? They say, oh my God, we just discovered DHS leaks. Department of Homeland Security is influencing Twitter, right? Well, Tucker then puts Lee Fang on. And look what Tucker says. Lee Fang broke the story. See that? Yeah. He's an investigative journalist at The Intercept. He joins us tonight. Thanks so much for coming on. This seems like a really important story, which is for some reason being ignored. You yeah. fucking ignored it. Yep. You see, they're doing it in totally. broad daylight. Yeah. And what that forced me to do, since you're a systems engineer, right? Yep. 
um, I, I, I stepped back and I said, wow, I couldn't believe this was happening, right? And I said, this is almost like they have a script running. And then I talked to a friend of mine whose father was- Limited hangout, I'm very familiar. Right. Uh, so here familiar. I had released the whole truth in 2020. The problem is I'm not in the left or right camp. Alec, yeah. I'm independent. No uh -huh. one can control me. So they couldn't get this out. So what they do is first they concealed it. That was Tucker's job. Then they plagiarized it. That's what The Intercept did. Misattributed it. Then they lied about it. They didn't share the whole truth. They yeah. hijacked the story. Tucker helping The Intercept. They put out the half truth, little piece of it. They amplify the half truth by the same people who concealed it. Glenn Greenwald, Fucker Carlson, and the ACLU. You see this process? Yeah. This is what they do. And this is what we need. Sorry, to I'm only laughing because every time you say that, I can't help. He's a fucker. And now <laughs> let me go to talk to you about my second experience with the motherfucker. Okay. Motherfucker Carlson. That's what we should call him too. Um, you have to, you, these people are sick, man. Once you understand how they operate, you will start using these words and you'll train your kids to use them. Let me give you the second example. In 2020, you know, as an engineer, I was like, wow. John Medlar here, John worked on the Ron Paul campaign, and John said, Dr. Shiva, there's no way you're going to lose unless they steal it from you, what they did to Ron Paul. Well, because that's what happened in 2012 with Mitt Romney and Ron Paul. Ron exactly. Paul was a clear, like, and, that's what made everyone become, who was right-leaning, become libertarian at that point. They but, knew that, the, yeah. So, so when that happened, Alec, I, when Alan, when John said, I said, ah, that occurs in India, John. Like, it was like, I even dismissed yeah. it. Even me, I dismissed it. Well, we win in the hand-counted paper ballot county by 10 points. And every other county, 60-40, 60-40, 60-40. find the, the, the issues. And then I got into doing all this research. We uh, identified the real issues, Alec, which was signature verification. I did two major reports, the chain of custody. What did the establishment do? Trump and morons like Mike fucking pillow Lindell. Okay. Mm. They made it. They started throwing all sorts of crap out there. Bamboos in the paper. They started. I, I really believe it was then the intelligence community comes in and they say such wacky shit that the goal is to hide the real stuff. You follow what I'm saying? The, totally. the yeah. substantial issues get hidden when the real stuff comes out. Now, what happens in the middle of that? Go look at what fucker Carlson was doing. He didn't believe in election fraud. He didn't. He, didn't, he thought it was all a joke. And so here at Fox News, he's texting people, text messages. Clearly, in his view, he believes there is no election fraud. Then yeah. he sees the MAGA Trumpers starting to believe in election fraud. He needs viewers, grifting. So he goes on, yes, election fraud, election fraud. Now, if anyone knows anything about defamation, defamation is an interesting area of law. If, Alec, you said, you know, Dr. Shiva kicks his dog, I can sue you for defamation, right? Um, and I can likely win if, if, you know, I have to show that's not true. If yeah. you're a public figure, though, Alec, like you're a politician or a celebrity, and, um, or, I, or I'm a celebrity, and you say Dr. Shiva kicks his dog, I have to not only prove it's false, but I have to prove that you did it with malice that you Got actually it. knew that this was wrong, that you just yeah. didn't make it off. It, it, it was disinformation and not mis Premeditated, okay? So that's called malice. Now, yeah. in the Dominion lawsuit against Fox News, Fox is a public entity, right? And Dominion is a public entity. Dominion, in order to prove that this was defamation, they had to prove two things, that it was false 
And it, it, many defamation cases may win that you, what you said was wrong, but they fail for a public figure if you have to prove malice. Okay. Um, so in the case of Fox or uh, Dominion, they had to prove not only that what Fox saying was not true, but they had to prove it was malicious. Like the guy who was saying it knew in his bones it was not true. All right. So I don't give a fuck about Fox. I hate him. I hate fucker. Okay. But the, the legal point is that Dominion had Fox by the balls because they had yeah. these text messages. Fucker is telling people there is no election fraud. And over here, fucker is going over there and putting on his fucked up acting face. Oh, my God, there's election fraud because he needs the views. He needs to keep all those Trumpers thinking he's their fighter. So when the reason it would have been a tr treble damages, it would have been for $4 billion. So that's why they got away in some ways by paying them off 750 million. And then what does fucker do after he gets thrown out? He goes to, he goes and starts doing his, his uh, tour. He goes yeah. to Alex Jones. He then says, Oh yeah, I'm a martyr. I fought for you, blah, blah, blah. Now I'm, and then he goes over to the other creep, Elon Musk, yep. where Elon Musk begins in government ends nobody knows so he goes to him and now the whole goal of fucker carlson is a wonderful article i'll send it to you written by a guy who's researched the entire uh fucker carlson family yeah please because i'll put yeah. it in the show you you will see i mean once you read it this guy knows what the fuck he's doing yeah. and everything he does is distraction he doesn't want to focus on the fundamental real issues affecting working people what we just talked about the 47 trillion he won't focus on that if he does focus on this, it'll be long after the world is depopulated. Well, right? And this is the thing, too, when it comes to any of these people we're talking about. They say the, like, blatantly obvious, agreeable things that sort of pander and cater to our position, right? Right. So that we're like, finally, someone from the establishment is now on our team. As though that's, that's, that's yeah. the standard for us being yeah. – it's like you're throwing a bone <laughs> to the peasants. Like, yeah. here's king one, king two. This yeah. king um, – used to bang all of your, your, your wife and steal all your yeah. stuff. And one day, this king says, oh, this king is bad. You say, oh, thank you, king, so much for saying he's bad. It's a very peasant mentality. Yeah. It is. Same it peasant is. mentality yeah. that says, why are you calling him booby fucking Kennedy? I get it, Chiva, but you, you know, that's, not, that's a dickly thing to do. Peasant mentality. Slave yeah. mentality. That's fair. That's a totally Please fair point. teach your that's kids a, to curse at these people. Please. Okay? Please. Do that. Are you calling like everyone to do that? Because <laughs> so I guess I guess I'll I'll come to a resolution. Like we agree on literally everything. Yeah. Like in this, <clears throat> the the approach that I have found to be effective for me personally yeah. is like not to be soft and not speak very directly though, just directly. But like no conjecture, none of that, no ad homs. Just because my main thing is my main shtick is I'm constantly calling out the logically fallacious arguments used by those who oppose my position I'm like nope that's like just calling out every logical fallacy because when there is an abundance of logical fallacies coming from that side it's clear that they don't have an actual position now that's not always the case is what i'm saying but my whole stick is to not speak like overly kind and lovingly but to speak very directly without any conjecture and that works too but i you know what you've actually changed my position on this on this approach like i can see where it is absolutely effective Alec, what's what's interesting is that if you go to everyday people, okay, when I grew up in a small village, if someone fucks around with somebody, they get taken care of right away, man. There's no like fucking yeah. around with people. If you go 
to Newark or Patterson, you know, people don't fuck around with people. All right. No, There's I like, hear you. So yeah, if you knew how I was raised, you would un you would understand. That's I what I'm saying. So, so what I'm saying is, it's the natural instinct of people is against injustice. The natural yeah. instinct. So, however, when you create a set of people to think, you have to play in the battleground of the people you're abusing. You, that's called a codependent mentality. And let me tell you, these sure. people have spent a lot of money in behavioral psychological research. It was done right here at Harvard at, at Skinner. Okay, yeah. B.F. Skinner. When you start simply being exposed to truth all day, all right? And when you don't yep. have the manifestation of vigorously fighting at it, do you know what happens to your frontal lobe? It's been proven. Your frontal lobe remodels, your brain is very plastic and you develop what's called learned helplessness. So telling the truth is not sufficient. It will lead, so Tucker Carlson exposing this, oh my God, Obama, 15 years later, as though he did, oh my God, he may be gay, putting some, you know what I'm saying? All this shit is, they're doing it in a very psychological way to manipulate you to, in the back of your mind, I guess I can't do anything. Wow, these people are so powerful. Obama, wow, he got away, and he got away, and he got away, and he got away. Oh, thank you, Tucker, for exposing this. Yeah. You're re re remodeling your brain at a neurosystems level. Mm -hmm. And that's what they're doing. And we cannot end this discussion without talking about the biggest fucker. Elon. Well, I don't want to end because, I mean, how much time do you have? We have Because I have like a couple questions specifically <laughs> catered to um, the campaign. Or we can, you know what we can do? We can bring you back on for a part two. If yeah, we can do a part to. two. Let me see. Yeah, let's do part um, two. Because <clears throat> this was good and it's tough though because there's, there's, there's hey, John, a lot of questions. John, can you tell Provocker to continue to... that meeting? Yeah. Yeah. Let him do that meeting. Yeah. So we um, uh, look. The the so to me, Alec, getting back to the original point. Yep. This is not theory for me, man. Do you understand yes. that I, totally. I was in the trenches totally. in federal court exposing this? We won lawsuits. We did all the election system stuff. I've met with Trump. I know all, and they all know me. When I decided to run for president. The ch former chief of staff for Trump told a friend of mine, holy shit, that's going to be a fucking disruption mm -hmm. because they know that we're going to really give the 20 percent who are true agents of change a real way to win. And the only way to win, the only fucking way, there's not so many ways that you get a plane off the ground. You have to know Ber Bernoulli's principle. The only way to win is, number one, people have to understand the system dynamics. Well, how do you do it? Well, I've created the program to do that. And I want to talk about that. Number two. You have to get on the ground. This yeah. can't be on this medium. You have to go offline. For sure. So we've created the way for people to do that. But number three, people need to understand this very solid theory. There can be no revolutionary change without the right revolutionary theory. The scientific theory, okay? Capital T. And that is that a revolution, you know, in system and revolution, I have to really think, what is a revolution? Is it just people burning down shit? No. No, revolution no, no. is a phase change. Yeah. It occurs when ice melts, right? And becomes water. It's called a phase transition. Those phase transitions occur at a certain point when you've built critical mass and then they take off. And here the critical mass, Alec, is consciousness. It yeah. is raising people's consciousness to understand that their leaders, everything we have are outside of us reflects our state of consciousness. So if you think personal integrity can be divorced from your public integrity. And by the way, Booby fucking Kennedy said that in his interview with Megyn Kelly. He goes, yeah. oh, well, you know, 
public integrity and personal integrity are two different things. He's openly telling you, I may fuck I'll you up. I'll to you, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I may treat you, fuck you up in the, my personal life, but look at what I say. Yeah. You see? And that is the disconnect. Now, if you believe that, that is no different. I keep explaining to people, and they know this psychologically, that you're a codependent. Mm -hmm. You're a woman or a man. You're in a relationship with an alcoholic who comes every day, beats you up, and you have that experience, and then they give you a flower once in a while. And you go, oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. You're so loving to me. You know, oh, he's so beautiful. He had all this shit go on. So that's- And then you point out all the bad things that they've done. You're right, like, well, right. maybe, yeah, but, he, but it, and it's Stockholm syndrome at that that's point. That's what I'm trying to say. So they know, what I'm proposing is, Alec, they actually know this. Because yeah. think about a guy like Vivek the snake. Here's a guy, comes out of nowhere. Here's a guy, do you know this, what he did with this 5 million? No. Okay. Everyone should go research it. It's all out there. First of all, this fool uh, is out of your typical pedigree, Harvard, Yale. Uh, he was making three quarters of a million dollars out of a hedge fund. You see, typically you get out of the Harvard thing and then you go from mama and papa's uh, tit suckling. Then you go to another tit suckling of your little boyfriends who hang out at the hedge funds. All right. Mm -hmm. They don't really work. They're all friends who just move capital around. So he goes yep. to one of those hedge funds and then he's making $750,000, a little dweeb. Okay. He applies to law school, applies for an affirmative action, affirmative actions scholarship. As Did he really? Yes. A Soros wow. affirmative action wow. scholarship. Now you understand James O'Keefe, the investigative bullshitter. No question about that. Fucker, I, I, no I question about that. Agree, and it's it's interesting because I actually I don't know if I can. No, I know someone who who has worked very closely with James O'Keefe, and that's yeah, and it's so, very. Much but 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 I'm just giving you one piece. So here's a Brahmin, yeah. upper crust Brahmin, Yale, who applies for an affirmative action scholarship, gets yeah. it. All right, then uh, the good thing was Mehdi Hassan exposes very good the interview. People should go look at. Then he goes and forms a company called Axovant. What does Axovant do? They say they have a drug for curing Alzheimer's. Okay, what is this drug? Did they do research? Did they actually do innovation like I do? Did they actually do freaking get their hands dirty? Do they actually? No, what they do is they raise money from their hedge fund guys, 5 million bucks. They go to GlaxoSmithKline, one of the biggest top four pharma companies in the world. They have a drug that has failed, not once, Alec, not twice, not three times, four times. It was a drug that was created for, you know, dementia, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's. It failed on all of them. So he pays $5 million, buys that drug into Axavan. Story gets even more interesting. And anytime you do a clinical study, you get all the clinical data. You can go to clinicaltrials.gov and get it. You know, has his mama, literally his mother reanalyze one of the four clinical trial data. How do they reanalyze it? They throw away all the patients who didn't finish the study, which means they may have had adverse reactions, whatever. Out of the remaining, they do Excel, basically <laughs> reanalyze yeah. the data. Don't even publish as in a peer review journal. Go to the lowest form of public, in, in science, you know, when I had graduate students at MIT, you know, they would go publish in their first foray was in what's called a poster session. You get to do a little poster, right? At a conference. 
It's easy to get into those. The next level is a platform presentation. The next level is a peer review journal. So they publish it at a poster session. And they use that poster session in their marketing literature. They go on Kramer and all these shows. Oh, we have the drug, da, 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 da. Hype it up. They take the company IPO. The fucker cashes himself out. Knowing that they're going to do the actual clinical trial two years later. They do the clinical trial. The stock crashes. Okay? Wow. 99%. Wow. Now, why isn't anyone covering it? Why? And that leads you back to these people are made in the swarm. They are manufactured leaders. If you or I ran for office, be out like that, man. But that's, that's why I call him Vivek the snake. Mm -hmm. He's a Brahmin from the Indian Brahmin caste system. But now we have the Boston Brahmins. We have the Zionist Brahmins. We have all these Brahmins. So yeah. I left the Indian caste system coming to America. And now we have a global caste system. And it's made up of the swarm. And we yep. better fucking call them out with the most vicious language. Look, if you look at the life of Christ, Christ and the Romans were the obvious establishment. 99% of Christ's life was spent exposing the Saris Sadducees and the Pharisees, that's, who were the not so obvious very good establishment. Point. That right? was a very good and point. he didn't go into the temple, and he went into the multiple times into the temple. And all the Christians out there, please start cursing, because I'm sure Christ didn't say, okay, everyone, please kindly move. Um, don't be like Very Dr. Shiva and use four letter. He probably said, get the fuck out of here. All right. So we have to understand it is these snakes that, in, that, that, and that's why we're in this situation. We're in this situation is because we don't have men anymore who fight. We have people playing on their battleground. Go back at the American revolution. People didn't say, I'm going to march like this. You know, no, they fucking did guerrilla warfare. You had to take it in it. We have to determine our battleground. And that battleground is offline. Because right now, since I got back on Twitter, Musk thought I was going to bow down to him. I said, Elon, I'll be your CEO. That got like 30 million views. And then I said, Elon, are you going to remove the backdoor portal I discovered? Here's a lawsuit. Here's a lawsuit. And my view- Hey, Dr. Shiva, hold on one second. Yep. Sorry, my camera's frozen. Let me fix it. So as- uh, yep. Keep going, keep going. Yeah. Keep going. So as that, <laughs> as we expose Musk, you get more and more and more shadow ban. So to everyone listening, look, you know, everyone knows, you know, my running for president is not about um, being one of these talking heads. It's actually about mobilizing a true bottoms up movement and that bottoms up movement. And the only way a guy like me could even ever even win the presidency is with a bottoms up movement. So that's why I recommend to people go to Shiva for president. Many of us work for a living. Activism is new, but the simple way you can get activated is go get one of these bumper stickers. And why do I say this? Because you get a bumper sticker, you peel it, and you put it on the back window of your car. And when you're driving, 100,000 people will see this. That's one way of being an activist. The other is, as I mentioned earlier, people can go right to the website, Shiva uh, for President, and you can literally go get um, this very nice download. You can, uh, you know, you go to downloads. And you get this flyer, print it, share it with people, have discussions with people, become an educator, ed educate them on, look, this is what's happening. You know, and that's, uh, let me just share this, this flyer again. People, we all need to realize that we need to educate our neighbors. There's no one going to talk about this. I mean, this is like the biggest elephant in the room. Look at this graph, man. So 
we need people to get on the ground. And then the other aspect of this, that's sort of the warrior piece of this. Uh, 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 I got to share your screen. Where's your screen? Yeah, hold on. There's a, this comment here. Oh, there it is. Um, the other part of this, no, I got it. The other part of this is, Alec, is people need to understand that um, they do need to study. You see, we've gotten into a world where everyone thinks they know it all. Um, it takes a while to understand that there's a dynamics, you see, to building a movement. Um, and people think that politics cannot be understood. And just like it takes effort to build a computer, it takes effort to build an airplane, they're physical laws. And that's what we've uncovered and I've put into a curriculum, a movement in Truth, Freedom, Health. And we make it accessible to anyone. But one of the people we really want to help, Alex, is young people. You take the course, you can give it away to as many people as you want. Um, Jay Forrester, who was a, a professor, one of the founders of system science, he died when he was, uh, he left, he retired at 93, he died when he was 99. And he wanted to make system science a curriculum for kindergarten. In fact, MIT and many institutions got very threatened by that. Wow. But system science needs to actually come even before reading, writing, and arithmetic because it teaches people to what you were saying earlier to understand these interconnections yeah, and to so give important. them a framework for doing that. And that's revolutionary. Yeah. And, and you know, it's amazing because here, let me ask this first. Can I commit to having yeah, you come on yep, go ahead. For, for, for a part two at some point, because we're already yeah. an hour and 50 minutes in, because there's so many questions with respect to how you can apply this framework to a, you know, either de decentralized or like for now, what we have of, unfortunately, is this very centralized system of so-called governance, right? Um, and I have a lot of questions about that, the necessity of it, what three-letter agencies look like, uh, you know, the, the 1933 Emergency Banking Act, the Federal Reserve, all these things that I definitely want to discuss with you and sort of get more into your platform and this sort of systems design approach to, to governance and how this you know, we could get this place back on the right track. Alec, the key thing with all those things that you just said, you know, how do we, let's say, get rid of the Fed, all these three-letter agencies. So you'll have a bunch of these people. Remember, you were saying how they just want to, they just want you to, they'll say whatever you want to hear. Oh, I will get rid of the CIA, right? That fool. But that's the thing is they don't even take a hard stance on that though. Like that, no, no, like not saying, only they, do they barely say that shit. Yeah. They like won't say the real... They don't. They don't really say but what I'm saying is they are literally having someone tell them to say that to keep yeah. their shtick as though they're anti-establishment. For sure. So, I mean, it's just like Trump saying he's going to drain the swamp and arrest well, Hillary and literally did the exact well, he just, opposite of that. Last week, he said, we will not comply. Do you see the little video he put out? Oh, God. Oh, you should. He goes, we will not comply. When I get back in, I will now <laughs> stop vaccine mandates and mask mandates. Yeah, for the last yeah, four yeah. years, you're saying my hands were tied. They wouldn't let oh me do that. Oh my God. Right. So, uh, one, one of my, one of my list, one of my good friends is listening to this. Let's just sent me this during the episode. Oh, I don't know if it'll load, yeah. but it's uh, it's basically uh, uh, like 20 different quotes of Trump talking about how great the vaccine is and encouraging his followers to get it. It's like, it could not be more obvious. Right. So it's I think, so I think the key thing is Alec, any one of these issues, if we want to achieve decentralization, right, if we want to achieve all these things, it's not going to happen through any type of legislation. That no, 100%. Movement. Totally agree. Totally agree. So that's what they want people to think. Exactly. So what I hope yeah. we've compelled people to realize, I mean, we'll do another version, is number one, yeah. they manufacture these leaders. Yeah. They're all made in the swarm. 
Stop looking to them, every single one of them. And the, and, and the litmus test is, why does Booby Kennedy always on TV? Why is he even being covered by all these grifters? What, where did Vivek the snake come from? And you will realize it's about 10 people they always have. And right now, Alec, it is my conclusion because of the work we've been doing in our movement and exposing these people with such openness and explicit cursing that we're winning more and more of that 20% over. They're fucked up right now. They don't know who to go with. That's where they're at. They're like, typically Bernie would have waited until uh, November of 2024 to support Biden. But he's got to do that now. You see? Because in our last open house, we must have had 30% of the people on the call were former Bernie people saying, I tried Bernie. I worked for him. Dr. Shiva, I'm desperate. We don't know what the fuck's going on. You're the only one with answers. Same with Kennedy's people. We're peeling away their people who are very sincere, self-reflective people who may not have liked me initially for cursing, but they're saying, fuck, he's right. Okay. That's a very good, that's a very good point. So that's very what's good. interesting. So they are in utter disruption. So they went and found this Vivek the snake. They got to make Tucker leave Fox and, you know, start doing, I mean, the desperation of now talking about Obama in a bar getting whatever <laughs> sucked off. That's where they're at, man. Oh, yeah. That's how they're trying to build credibility. So it's fascinating to watch them. So I think we're in a very, very good situation because the more people we pound away, it's your responsibility. You have to get off your ass. 100%. And that, you know, that's, to, to bring that up, that's the tweet that you originally you found of mine and said, hey, I'd love to talk with you. Because I said, if you have, if any of your health influencers are encouraging you to, or are not encouraging you to trust your own self, trust yes. the, like, the strength of your body, all the things, and that the power is within you and not, outsourcing it to some would-be savior of any kind and that's i really appreciate you that, nailed it man that's it and and that has always been every spiritual uh journey every personal journey ultimately you know the kingdom of heaven is within you right uh yeah. hinduism all this knowledge is within us 100%. and what they've done is they've made us externalize it if people you know even 15 minutes a day meditated silence it would really help them where you sat and you had to self-reflect, you know, you would hear amazing grace, how sweet the sound. You really will. There is a sound. 100%, okay? yeah. So I think, I think that's what they do not want us to do. They want, yeah. And they do not want us to think, fight, heal ourselves. They want us to outsource that. 100%. But I think we're at a very, very amazing point, Alec, because I see it, man. If you, uh, I just want to let people know, you know every Thursdays, we, Thursdays at 11 a.m. and 8 p.m., we do an open house. Um, this Thursday, we're going to be talking about gun violence. I've done a systems analysis of the real source of gun violence. Not like what the left says, not what the right says, but the real source. What is the real source of gun violence and why is it so intimately related to economy and why is it so intimately related um, to the fact that government has become destructive? Yeah. So we, we take systems approaches in, and then we do town halls, Alec, at every Thursday at 8 p.m. But I take every one of these policy issues and instead of just talking about it randomly, we say healthcare. Okay, what is a real issue? The real issue is you have to boost your immune system, period. The government ain't going to take it. You take care of your immune system. It's directly related to aging. You yeah. want to bring that curve back up, start protecting your immune system. Do you have, do you have water fasting incorporated in that? Well, that's part of autophagy, you say? Yeah, so absolutely. there are a set of pathways that are involved in aging. Aging and immune system are totally linked. 
So in many, many cultures, look, I grew up every Fridays, there was some type of fasting, right? Many right. of these ancient cultures embedded it into their way of being, right? Not only for the physical health, but for the spiritual connection too. Yep. Like I, I did a 15 day water fast recently and it was incredible, man. Incredible. That's great. Yeah. yeah. That's very good, Alec. Yeah. So yeah. I think ultimately all the things that help us to think, fight and heal are actually... Uh, you know, you don't have to pay a lot for them. They're pretty all accessible. They're 100, all, that's the whole point. Yeah. So they've They're made all... us very, very dependent. So I think this is, I think we're living at a really, really cool time, man. Yeah, I do too. It's interesting. <laughs> I will tell you that. Yeah. It's interesting as hell. This has been, this has been an awesome conversation, Dr. Shiva. I really appreciate yeah, this. But so, please bring your friend on. I need on to commit and, to, to a part two at some point here in the yeah, next few Please months. bring your friend on. We'll teach him how to curse. I'll take him to Newark. <laughs> Got you. Well, you're teaching me, so it's all good. I appreciate this. All right. All right, everyone. Thanks for tuning in, and we will have Dr. Shiva back on for a part two sometime in the near future. Dr. Shiva, thank you again. Thanks. Any Be well. Mark? Yep. Thank you. Be well to all, all you guys. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Yep. See ya. Okay, to everyone listening, that was uh, Alec Zach, and I want to thank him, but we had a very, very good conversation. Before I go, look, I can't emphasize if there's one thing you take away from this, you know, recognize that we need a systems overhaul. And the reason we need a systems overhaul, again, we got to make this really simple for people to understand, is look at that graph. That graph says it all. Your child's life expectancy in the United States is going to be let lower than yours. And the rest of the world, you notice this curve is starting to bend. It's going to go like this in this way shortly, rest of the world. And in order to recognize what the solution to this, the solution is we need a systems overhaul. And that the only way we get a systems overhaul is you got to understand what a system is, how to overhaul it, and why you need a bottoms-up movement. And if you want to learn how to build a bottoms-up movement, more importantly, if you want to learn for yourself how to think, how to fight, how to heal, think, fight, and heal. You have to become a truth, freedom, health warrior. You can sort of meander around for the next 20 years, try to figure it out yourself, but there's no reason to. So I want to share with you that my life journey, my service here is to enable all of you to embrace this knowledge, which is system science. The elites learn it, and they use that knowledge to manipulate us. So get involved. Two ways you can get involved is number one, go to Shiva for president. This is a very simple way. You know, let everyone know we exist and go offline. Put this proudly on the back of your car. 100,000 people see it. Go to Shiva for president. Go to the download section. Download that flyer, right? And you may have a few of it, right? Maybe have it on your kitchen table at home. When friends come over, share it. You may keep it in your glove compartment. You may then be a little more adventurous. Go to your local grocery store, hand them out. Give it to people who have businesses. But let people understand that nothing is going to change by voting for these fucking morons. They're all part of the problem. And for each one of you, you know, I want to play this, our video um, on truth, freedom and health. Learn this knowledge. And by the way, I've made it so accessible. When you as an adult go through this, you can then become a philanthropist. You literally can. You can give away the entire program, the course, the books to as many children as you want, because they are literally killing our children. And if you don't care, well, maybe we should arm children with this knowledge so they can fight for themselves at least. So I'll be right back with some final words, but become a Truth Freedom Health Warrior Scholar. That's how you can support our work. And this Thursday, by the way, um, at the open house, we're gonna be talking about the true source, the real source of gun violence. We have allowed our country to be taken over from within 
And the end goal is you will have a homogenized world where we will become slaves because there is a condition among the elites that really thinks they're better than you deep down inside them that you don't deserve the freedoms you have. They don't. This reality is what people need to wake up to and we need to all unite working people. There's only one movement that can do that. And that is the movement that we started creating here in Massachusetts, the movement for truth, freedom, and health. Look, I've been a student of politics since I was a four-year-old kid, studying revolutionary movements, left-wing, right-wing. There is a physics, there's a nuclear science to destroying the establishment. To build a bridge, you need to understand Newton's equation. You need to understand the laws of gravity. You need to understand Poisson's ratio. There is a way to build a revolution. And that's why I put this together. My goal is to train a army of truth, freedom, and health leaders. We don't need followers like social media, we need leaders, but they need training because the educational system does not teach them history, nothing. So in three hours, that's what I've started doing. That's the solution. We gotta train people. First with understanding what a system is, the dynamics of all systems that affect nature. The second is understanding the interconnection between truth, freedom, and health. Freedom is the ability to move freely, communicate freely, talk freely. Without freedom, you cannot convert ideas hypothesis into truth, which is science. And without freedom, you can't really get to truth. And without truth, you make up fake problems and fake solutions, which means you destroy our health. And without health, which is the infrastructure of us and our body, you can't fight for freedom. Truth, freedom, health. Third concept is it has to be bottoms up. Working people, people who work uniting. And what the right wing has done is whenever you say working people unite, that must be communist. Meanwhile, they've let the Democrats run unions, which suppress workers, completely corrupt. But when you look at the arc of American history, it's been when working people came up. We need to go local. Every solution I'm coming up with as a part of this movement, we're giving the science, which is the truth, and then we tell people what they can do on the ground. Like with election fraud, you don't need to wait for some lawyer. Our goal is to train people to go local, to go local, to go local, fight locally. Forget lawyers, forget politicians, Forget celebrities, you got to learn politics, and there is a science to it. They lock us down, we should be ready to shut them down. And the fourth part of this principle is the not-so-obvious establishment. So when you look at a system, there's always something that disturbs you from getting to your goal. Well, the biggest disturbance is the not-so-obvious establishment, which are those people who claim they're for you, on the left and the right, the Al Sharptons who tell black people I'm for you, the Tucker Carlsons. Do you think any true anti-establishment person will ever be on Fox or CNN? I don't think so. They both mislead working people back into the establishment. Without this solid understanding of political physics and theory, you're screwed. You're gonna follow on the left wing, Bernie Sanders, oh, he said something, or Robert Kennedy, scumbags. Or you're gonna follow some right wing talk show host. They're not gonna lead us to liberation, it's us. We're building a bottoms up movement and that political physics, it's a nuclear science of change. Bottoms up. We have to organize to understand that there is people who talk a good game and then look at what they actually do, left and right. I'm sorry, Sean Hannity may say some good things, but I don't see the urgency in his voice to get something done. And it can only come when you weaponize yourself with the right knowledge. You need to be able to identify a rat. You know, Christ didn't go after the Romans, right? It was the Pharisees and the Sadducees who screwed him up. His own quote-unquote people. And that's where we're at. So these four concepts I've built into a curriculum where people can go to truthfreedomhealth.com and it's an educational program. We need to train people in political theory. You need to have physics. And I've created that curriculum. People need to get educated. We need to get educated fast. 
And within a half an hour, an hour, I can teach people two years of MIT control systems. I teach people those concepts. Then I apply it. Anyone can understand it. And then you say, oh, I got to build a bottoms up movement. They have to get politically astute and then they have to go locally and act, not sit there on social media. They have to act locally, defy locally, do civil obedience locally, but with knowledge on how to build a movement. Now, the Senate campaign's expanded to the movement for truth, freedom, and health, and they can find it on truthfreedomhealth.com so people can sign in, they can get access to a bunch of videos. If they want to take a course and become a truth, freedom, health leader, I offer a full scholarship there, but we want people to make a commitment that they'll study, that they'll get certified, that they'll go do activities on the ground. So go to truthfreedomhealth.com. All right, everyone. I, I, I felt that was a good conversation. Um, I think Alec uh, is very sincere, uh, but I think the most important thing to take away from that conversation is people have these ideas in their brain with very little experience on how you're supposed to talk about your enemy, that you're not supposed to curse at them, that you should talk like this. And, 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 and that's, I think, the biggest takeaway here. You have people who are just becoming activists and the biggest illusion they have is when someone like me who's gone through the process of understanding this and others learning it and being in the trenches, you realize you can't compromise at all with these people and you have to take a very different approach. And for the newbies, they think, well, Dr. Shiva, I'm going to tell you that you should talk like this. You see, I understand your anger, so they understand it, but other people may not. So I'm going to advise you how to do it. And that's where all the failure happens. And that's why you get the lesser of two evils because people pussyfoot around. And then another 20 years go by. And that same person who gave me that advice when they're in their 60s will say, well, you know, Dr. Shiva was right. So I can tell you this, that change comes when we mobilize people. We're uncompromising to evil. Booby fucking Kennedy, Donald fucking Trump, Vivek the snake, fucker Carlson. All these people are manufactured by the swarm. They do not give a fuck about you. Don't look at their words, what they mouth. Go look at their deeds. And that's when you realize why you must curse at these people, right? You're cursing at, at, at demons. And I'm not saying that's the only thing we should do. That's one part of it. The other thing we need to do is get on the ground, right? Go to Truth for Health, get trained, learn the science. So you get to be the full magnificence of being a human being with our movement. You get to learn, you get to use your brain to think, you get to fight, you get to call these people all sorts of names, and then you get to heal yourself because you get tools like your body, your system, which will teach you what are the right foods, the right things for your body, all coming from a systems approach. All right, everyone, uh, fight, you know, think and heal. Truth, freedom, health. Be well and get your bumper sticker. Do not delay, okay? This is something practical you guys can all do from the comfort of, driving in your car in your home on home be well thank you